aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast Show. I'm your host Tommy Casabona. Welcome. As said, we are just getting started here. We're on a Wednesday, a couple of days late, but uh, you know, we're no stranger to that over here. At the top of the show, as usual, want to invite you, cordially invite you to join us in the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook as well as to hit me up on Instagram. It's Always Be Booked. We have the YouTube channel as well. Guess what? It's called Always Be Booked and a bunch of other stuff out there that we have coming. You hit me up at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com to be a part of the show via email or uh, if you just have a question, concern, or comment, or if you'd like to, uh, get some quotes or any interest in travel or cruising opportunities that you're looking into over the next couple of years, I, uh, I'd be glad to help you out. I'd be glad to even get you booked, might I say. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot going on. I want to do a little bit of a callback to the legendary Doug Parker. Uh, he was in studio last week, and that was the last show. If you're listening to this show and you haven't heard that show yet, I suggest you hit stop and go back and check out the Doug Parker Parker episode because you know if you're not familiar with Doug he is just a he kind of started the whole game he you know launched a project that actually was on the radio called Cruise Radio and then he parlayed that into basically his own whole kind of I guess empire you might say and he has his own podcast and uh, his website and just a ton of stuff and just a, a, a wealth of cruise knowledge a lot of personality and you know the thing is on his show that's why I always like getting him on my show because he is his, his format is by the book his format is to entertain the hell out of you yeah sprinkle a little bit of Doug but mostly just give you that hardcore entertainment but I know Doug Doug's a great guy and I wanted to get him on my show and I like to get him on it whenever I can because he gives a little bit of a I guess a, a a less guarded approach to the whole thing and he's not necessarily feeling the like he has to just really you know my show I ramble <laughs> we we talk about that and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second but there's really no rules or no parameters or no structure to this show for for better or worse and uh it's good to get him kind of uh Let's call him, let's call it uh, Doug Parker Cruise Radio Unplugged whenever he's able to come around. So definitely check that out. In addition to that, so we talked and we were kind of getting into it. He's like, you know, I bet I could probably maybe, you know, we, we talked about the lip sync battle and the naming ceremony, what do they call the christening uh, for Carnival Horizon that's going to be going on next week. And I covered it on the news last week with Tanya. And uh, <clears throat> it was it was exciting because... I thought it was a cool event, sounded awesome, and it was, you know, basically right in the backyard over here. He's like, well, well, you could probably get on there. So he made a couple of calls and hooked it up, and now uh, I'll be attending the naming ceremony on Carnival Horizon. I'm really excited about that. I think that's Wednesday, and I got the invitation, uh, again, with Doug's help, and we'll board the ship. Actually, there'll be a briefing with Carnival, and then there'll be some festivities. We'll see the lip sync battle. We'll be able to explore the ship, from what I understand, freely pretty much and then have an overnight on the ship and you gotta get off the ship at 8 a.m because you know paying guests have to get on but uh, a little breakfast and then off the ship the next day but that's good for me it's really good for you guys because it's gonna give me the chance to bring you guys some serious content yes there will be a ship tour I'll be able to tell you how the food is. I'll see firsthand a lot of the attractions that they have and uh, I am going to deliver that directly to your doorstep and I couldn't be more excited about that. Recently, moving on, I uh you know, I've I've couple little rumblings here and there whether it's different platforms or whatever of people saying that 
they felt the show might be a little bit too long. Now, I get it. I totally understand it. And going back to talking about, you know, Doug's show and certain other, you know, shows that are out there, they make a conscious effort to keep it tight, to keep it short. And they probably have the right idea. They they should not probably. They definitely have the right idea, especially for what they want to do. And overall, they might have it might just be a more successful, more proven format to do that. On the other hand, I noticed what I like to listen to podcast-wise is a show that I can kind of sink my teeth into, a show with a little bit of personality to it that I can spread out over a couple of different commutes along the way. And, uh, you know, it's not always 100% action-packed. It's not densely filled with information like some of the other ones might be. But the advantage to it is the word, I guess, is companion. It kind of just gets you through your commute, gets you through your dog walk, or gets you through whatever you're going to do, washing your car or just catching up on cleaning the house. You could throw it on and it's background noise some of the time, but most of the time it's just good information, but also entertaining information and just, I guess, a relatable personality to what I strive to be. Silly for me to think I could be that for everybody, but uh, that's what I try to be You know, to you guys. Some of you guys feel that way. Some of you guys don't. So what I did was I put a Facebook poll out in an awake, and I'm not necessarily like, guys, I am unapologetic. I do what I do, and I fully know that nobody, not everybody's going to like it, and, you know, I think it's a, a little bit of a cliche, but the truth is the way to fail, the surefire way to fail is to try to please everybody. But having said that, there is no nothing that says you shouldn't take feedback and try to improve as you go. So that's what I did. I put a poll up on Facebook and I was like, you know, do I do you guys think the length of the show should be shortened? Would you would it be a more enjoyable broadcast if the show length was shortened? And while, you know, you take that information with a grain of salt, because clearly, with the good response, a lot of people out there would be a little shy to say that maybe they think that it should be shorter. And, um, you know, they don't want to say it because either it's insulting to me or because maybe somebody else in the group will jump all over them. So I know the numbers aren't 100%. I guess say, uh, you know, you'd have to kind of like factor in that, that part of it too. But I was pumped to see that, uh, you know, over 100 people, I've never gotten over 100 responses to anything on the Facebook group, but uh, over 100 people said to keep rambling (laughs) and to do what I do. And then a bunch of different comments just saying, you know, uh, great job and keep it up, keep it up the way it is. Kind of echoing the sentiment that I get when I listen to certain podcasts and the podcasts that I like and the style that I like. I, I like to sometimes, you know, for me, a 20-minute podcast or a 30-minute podcast, may not, I would like to set it and forget it. You know what I mean? I may want, I don't want to go back to the, you know, the, the whatever device I'm using and have to go scroll and find another podcast. If I know I could put on, you know, let's say Joey Diaz or Joe Rogan, if I could put that on and I don't have to touch it for a while, I can go about what I'm doing. That's what I like to do. So uh, as we ramble, talking about rambling, uh, I, I, I was very, very humbled and appreciative of a lot of the comments and it shows that in many cases, not all, we have a lot of work to do here. We're no by, by no stretch of the imagination where we want to be with this show yet, but we're heading in the right direction. And the comments that you guys left uh, under that post and that poll 
tell me that, you know, we may be doing at least a little something right to some of you guys. So I appreciate that. It was making me laugh too. Like <laughs> some of you guys were saying that, uh, you pull over, you find yourself pulling over on the highway or thinking you got to pull over looking in the background because me being in New York City and, uh, you know, this being a podcast versus a polished radio show, you hear a lot of police sirens and you think you're getting pulled over. That is actually hysterical and, uh, you know, relatable because I've been there before, uh, <laughs> listening to 90s rap music. A lot of times they'll have sirens on and I'm like, oh, no, we're you know, we're being pursued. There's nobody there. It's just part of the song. But uh, that that cracked me up. Uh, that's about it. Let's uh, the, well, so far, I just want to let you know the main topic for the show. I had a I had a guest on this week as well with our new equipment here, our fancy equipment. We can go uh, bringing guests in, whether it's in house or over the phone. We have all sorts of you know new technology that can allow us to do that. But we have my buddy Dan, who is a longtime Royal Caribbean cruiser uh, family. One of those you know cruising from birth kids and you know now he's approaching right around 30 and he uh he he went on his first disney cruise uh coincidentally to that i did have a potential client ask me about a disney cruise and basically wanted to compare and contrast disney versus one of the big three they heard how good disney was they heard about you know the the level of service of disney and you know they thought maybe that was the only way to go to get a good experience that's the only way to go. I also saw that they were going to have to pay a significantly uh, larger fare for the Disney cruise than the, than a Royal Caribbean cruise on Harmony of the Seas. I'm talking forty five hundred dollars more for like a family. Depending, you know, there's there's different factors involved, but on these particular sailings that I was seeing, that was going to be the case. So. You know, wanted to do the right thing. Of course, I'm going to make more commission. You know, if you can, if you're going to, you know, a cruise that's four thousand dollars more. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm this is a labor of love for me, as you guys know, as the podcast is, and that travel agency side of it is going to be the same exact thing. So if I could save them four thousand dollars, you know, I, I don't, I just, to me, it's being about being good at what you do. It's about providing a service and being good at what you do. I got a full time job at this point. I do not have to rely on. Uh, squeezing every dollar out of my clients. So I'd way, way be more happy to really, really investigate and dive into whether or not that Disney cruise would have been that much more of an experience than, or at all. You're talking about the harmony of the seas here. You may just go apples to apples and the harmony could have been better. But despite, despite uh, having to pay $4,000 more, $4,500 more for the Disney cruise, was it worth it? So he recently, my friend Dan, recently went on that Disney cruise. And, you know, I wanted to kind of, since he had his memory bank of Royal Caribbean stored for his whole life. And then the one very, very recent uh, Disney cruise, I wanted to get a little compare and con- uh, contrasting from him. And, you know, I, I thought, A, it would help the client. But then I'm like, hey, this is also a great topic for the show. So that's going to be the main topic for the show. But first... Let's get into the cruise news. All right, cruise news. Here we go. Let's start with Carnival. We are looking forward to 2019 because Carnival has announced some extra long sailings for the year. Uh, You may be familiar with the program called the Journeys 
program that they started a couple of years back, and that was an initiative to basically accomplish three things. They wanted to provide guests with options for sailings lasting more than 10 or 11 days. They also wanted to take cruising back to the old school era with one or two days or whatever during the sailing that would have things like Baked Alaska and Midnight Buffet, sort of a throwback to the 80s decade of cruising. And I guess they just, you know, you're kind of, you know, you're really kind of appealing to the older demographic with this. And uh, it also promised to connect onboard experiences with some of the destinations that you would be getting so that you would be able to appreciate them on a higher level. It sounds like they were definitely trying to maybe tap into a broke-ass version of the Expedition Cruise. And I do say that affectionately because despite the lack of pocketry that you might find on any of these ships, I would really love to settle into one of those journeys and experience some harder-to-reach destinations. Anyway, this one, these couple of cruises are even a level up from that. Carnival has announced that they will be offering three longer sailings in 2019 that include a 24-day Trans-Pacific crossing on Carnival Splendor from Long Beach to Singapore. Uh, also a 13-day Panama Canal transit from Tampa to Long Beach, you know, which is basically the LA port. And a 14-day Hawaiian cruise that is a round trip from Long Beach. This is amazing because we are breaking records here. Congratulations to the Carnival Splendor, and it's a ship that many of you know that I have gr- a great deal of affection for. <clears throat> a long, for a long time, it was my favorite ship just all out because I like the layout. You know what I mean? I just like the layout. I know it's uh, very, very similar to a lot of Carnival, sh- not only not only Carnival cruise ships, but a lot of classes within Carnival Cruise Line that, that kind of emulate that similar setup and style. You know, I think the Triumph and that class and the, you know, a lot of those cruise ships have the same type of feel and the same type of layout. It's also historic because it's going to be the first time that any carnival ship will hit up some of those exotic South Pacific islands like Guam, which actually keep in mind is a U.S. territory, just like San Juan, just like St. Thomas. I don't know, but I wonder if your cell phone would work there too. Also Vietnam and Malaysia, they'll also be on the sailing. We have a statement from Christine Duffy, who is the president of Carnival Cruise Line. Quote, we are delighted to expand on our itinerary choices with these three exciting carnival journeys, including an unforgettable 24-day voyage Trans-Pacific Transit featuring our first ever calls to spectacular ports in the Far East. So I guess, yeah, basically what I just said. Uh and that's pretty much it. That's that's really cool. I don't know if you guys have ever done any Carnival Journeys trips, but it's definitely something that I would love to do. I mean, come on. I, I've pretty much already known the fact that, you know, some people, even the, even the most passionate cruisers say, you know, eight days, ten days, it's enough. And they love it. They'll do two or three of them a year, but they're ready on those last days. I could tell you honestly, to this point, I've been on as many as a 10-day cruise. And I can tell you, up to this point, I have not. And also, I've done cruises, uh, seven day, an eight-day cruise, and then within the same month, done a seven-day cruise. I never, ever want the damn cruise to end. So that's how I feel. You guys tell me what you guys feel about the Carnival Journeys, including that 24-night Trans-Pacific. That would freak me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I'd be like, I'm in the middle of Pacific. It's one thing to be in the middle, middle of the Atlantic. Now, you're in the middle of the Pacific. I don't know. Whatever. That's an adventure to me. 
All right, moving on. Shout out to the Queen Mary 2 on Thursday, May 10th, which at the time of this recording is going to be tomorrow. She leaves the land of the hipsters. That's right, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, I mean, come on, man. I mean, have you... <laughs> you talk about a borough that's gone into some changes. It, it was always just growing up for me. You had either you, you had a lot of Jewish people, you know, a lot of Hasidic Jews. Uh, but, you know, I didn't really delve into that part of it as much. But you also did have... Uh, a hardcore Italian contingent. You know, of course, you had, you had everything in Brooklyn, but Brooklyn was kind of really known for, whether it was pop culture or wherever, you knew you had the hardcore Italian Brooklyn guys, you know, who, you know, that's why they built the bridge, and that's why Staten Island became, you know, nicknamed Staten Italy because there were so many people in Brooklyn. The minute they bit that, built that Verrazano Bridge, all the Italian people, not all, but a good portion of the Italian people that lived in Brooklyn went over to Staten Island and populated it. And then also kind of, it has that, you know, hip-hop feel to it. That, you know, one of the birthplaces of hip-hop, which it really is the Bronx and Queens and stuff like that. But then Brooklyn just had a very, very rich history with rap music and stuff like that. And, you know, it was live from Bedford Stuyvesant. I'm not going to, you know, do, do that to you guys and start rapping at you. But, you know, it just had a very, every, every, it was really, you seemed like there was a lot of fun going on in Brooklyn one night. I'm going to interrupt the news here to tell this story. Me and my friend Kim were 19 years old, 18 or 19 years old. And, you know, when you get the car, you guys know the story. You know, you're basically in prison until you get that car. You get that car when you first start driving. And, uh, yeah, I was late to the party with that. I, I was 18 when I got my license. But uh, I, we just you start exploring. And you can get into some trouble because, you don't, you know, you can go to places that you haven't been, especially in the New York area back then, especially Times Square. Forget it. That was a dumpster. Uh, but me and my me and my friend Kim, we were driving around, and I'm like, have you ever been to Coney Island? And she's like, no. I'm like, let's go to Coney Island. And she's like, why not? That sounds like a great idea. And that was a little bit back in more of, let's say, a rustic era in in, in uh, Brooklyn. And uh, I went. we went there. Uh, well, we're driving. First of all, we have no idea how to get there. We don't care. And it's back in the day where you got to, you know, you got to ask directions and you have to have maps. We're not dealing with GPS yet. Damn, am I old. So we're just driving around and uh, we're heading through Brooklyn. I'm like, let's get on the Belt Parkway. It's the Belt Parkway. You're going to hit Coney Island, right? Well, no, it wasn't that easy. So we're driving. We get off the Belt Parkway and we just start asking. We don't even know where we are. We're so naive. Uh we stop in this social club, definitely mobbed out social club, and uh, I I don't even I don't get it. I'm think I'm in Long Island still or whatever. I just walk in. I'm like, hey, anybody know how to get, anybody know how to get to Coney Island? And all these guys in suits and everything. They're like, I knew where I was at that point. I was like, oh, you know, maybe this is like a private place here. And uh, one one of them guys, one of the guys goes, yeah, come on outside. I'll tell you. So he gives me directions. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, who are you with? I was like, I got you know, I got a girl in the car. He's like, all right. So he, you take the left here, go around here, gives me the directions. <laughs> He's like, you need some money? I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. He's like, all right, that's fine. He walks over to the car because I guess he wants, to, he wants to check out the girl. So the window's up. But he goes over to the car, knocks on the window. She rolls down the window and says, hey, how you doing? He just He looks at her and goes, hey. She goes, yeah, he goes, don't spend all his money, huh? <laughs> and that was it. You kids have a good night. Take care. Be safe. You know, goes back into the social club. 
and uh, I'm back on my way. I guess I'm getting into a story here. So I, I went back. We, we go to Coney Island, and uh, we're having a great time. And when I tell you it was, I mean, listen, not being politically correct, with two white kids, and we were, it was like 10 o'clock at night in the middle of Coney Island, mid-90s, Brooklyn, and there were not a lot of people with our skin tone there. That's all I'm going to say. That's what it is what it is. But it was awesome. Every freaking ride we went on had a DJ. They were they were. This was like when uh, it was Wu Tang, it was Snoop Dogg, and this and that. And there were just people hanging out. They knew every word. They, they, they it was like a club. Coney Island was like a nightclub, but with rides. It was awesome. So we again being all naive and this and that. We just listen. We're just here to have some fun. And it, nobody bothered us. It was great. It was a great time. And uh, you know. <laughs> She made she made a comment to me while we were on this freaking twisty ride or whatever, and this Wu Tang song came on and it's cash rules everything around me cream get them and you know everybody around us the, even the ride operators uh, you could smell weed in the air uh, there was people just partying singing every single lyric and you know we know we know the music the music is comes over to long island we get it we hear it. we got the wu-tang clan ta- uh, tapes <laughs> in cds but uh that was like the transition time i think it was going from tape to cd but uh she just had a really memorable quote to me while we're getting strapped into this ride about to flip over smelling weed dj's wu-tang you know we're completely the minority in this crowd and she goes i really really love this song and then she looks at me and goes, but being here, I feel like I'm not supposed to. <laughs> it was funny. I don't know. I got off a little bit there, but I'm telling you that to tell you this. Now in Brooklyn, it is just completely gentrified. I mean, there is just people. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. And you heard people predicting that this was going to happen. I didn't see it. I'm like, well, how do you, first of all, know? And second of all, how do you know? But I guess certain people just know and it's out there. And, uh, it just all the people that commuted. I'm not. I'm sorry. Transplanted from all over the country, and came to New York. They just decided that this hipster culture was going to take 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 over, and it's just this rustic uh, look. You, you, it's like it's people with a lot of money dressing like people who don't have a lot of money, growing out the long beards. You know, sometimes I guess wearing nice clothing, but a lot of times really kind of like trying to look. You know, go to dive bars and look seedy, but really, you know, they just. I don't know. They look like they're homeless and they didn't brush their teeth, hair, or beard. But they, uh, you know, show up to the bar ordering eleven dollar craft beers and you know fifteen dollar appetizers and this and that. And Brooklyn has really, really changed and has become a lot of that. Now, again, things don't die. You know what I mean? There's still a lot of Italians in Brooklyn. There's still a lot of hood in Brooklyn, and uh, that's never going to completely die. But you know, and there's also a funny SNL skit. Look up this SNL skit. I don't have it. I'll post it on the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. And it's a great, great commentary to what I'm talking about right now. And it's got, uh, I think Kevin Hart was in it. And it's three kind of like 90s out hip hop kind of guys with the, the bubble jackets, whatever, From if I'm picturing it correctly. But they're talking about Brooklyn. And if you're from New York, New York that's what, you know, Brooklyn has, that's what it was for a long time. And they're on the corner and, you know, they're mixing in their old hood vernacular, that the hip hop vernacular, with uh, you know they can't even help but kind of be regentrified 
by the you know the hipsterification of of Brooklyn now, and they're talking about their fancy salts and their cupcakes, and they kind of go into back and forth. And I'll post it. It's real. I'm not doing any justice by explaining it, but I will post it. But uh, that's 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 what I'm talking about with Brooklyn. But anyway, I really got off topic there. But uh, getting back to the news, the Queen Mary two will sense. <laughs> The Queen Mary 2 will set sail and begin her first journey this season. So they, I guess this is looked at as a transatlantic season. And uh, the first journey of this season will be uh, to Southampton, England. And that's tomorrow. Uh, that's a route with Cunard that's been in place for about 178 years. 178 years. And then someone, I mean, want to tell me how that's news? <laughs> I don't know, Tommy. It's your show, and you write the news, so maybe shut up and read your story. All right. Did you guys know you can bring your dog on this sailing? This is the only cruise ship or ocean liner, as she prefers to be referred to as, the only ocean liner or cruise ship, for that matter, that has an onboard kennel for dogs and cats. And uh, we have a quote, uh, Mr. Josh Lebowitz, who is the senior vice president of Cunard North America. See, you guys might be impressed by that. Me? I don't know. I'm like, what the hell? We couldn't get the president? What's he busy doing? I don't know. What's he out in Brooklyn sipping on some craft IPA somewhere? Anyway, Mr. Leibowitz said, Over the past year, Cunard has has seen an incredible demand for our product and experience from regions throughout the world. Uh, With double-digit growth within the North American market, the cruise opportunity to step away from day-to-day life and feel inspired, enriched, and revitalized is one of the reasons passenger feedback continues to be among the best in the industry. I don't know what the hell that has to do with the season's first transatlantic to England. I don't know. See? That's what I'm talking about. That's why we're, they were, That's why you're the vice president, sir. Albeit senior vice, I will give you that. Cunard, as many of you know, does not have a cherry chest competition, nor do they have a Dr. Seuss at sea. They go more highbrow with their experience by offering experts from various industries on every voyage uh, by way of offering classes and lectures. This year, they're partnering up with Ancestry.com, New York Fashion Week, and International Space Week. It's kind of an eclectic mix right there. So I guess this year you can uh, find out if you are really European. Whose idea was it to make floral patterns a thing this year? And did we really land on the moon? Thank you, Cunard Cruise Line. And thank you, Queen Mary, too. All right, back over to Carnival. I teased this earlier in the week with a picture that looked like the start of a bar joke. Uh, A black guy, seven Arabs, and a cruise ship walk into a bar. I'm kidding. So Carnival Corp has recently signed a deal with Miraz for a cruise terminal that will be built in Dubai. Oh, there it goes, the neighborhood. I would imagine that there would be some disappointed billionaires after this announcement. Is that true? Can billionaires really be disappointed? Probably not. They're probably in a room together somewhere working on the construction of the next Dubai. Dubai Mary 2? <laughs> Guys, don't think it's lost on me how dumb some of these jokes are as I say them out loud. Uh, this is apparently going to be somewhat of an experimental endeavor to gauge the level of interest that the Arabian Gulf region might have in cruising. Operations at this port will begin sometime in 2020. A team of experts got together did some research, and after weeks of deliberation, came up with a name for the port, and the verdict was that they call it, are you ready? The Dubai 
cruise terminal. They will be going heavily after the markets of India and China. Uh, Dubai Harbor will be home to two cruise terminal buildings, which will total about 30,000 square meters. Can somebody get on the phone and tell me how big that is? I'm an American, damn it. My unit of measurement is Subway sandwiches. Can you tell me how many Subway sandwiches, how many square Subway sandwiches that would be? This terminal will be able to handle three cruise ships and up to 13,200 passengers at one time. Eventually, two more buildings might be added, upping the total to six cruise ships at a time. But that will depend on how phase one goes, which seems to make sense, right? You got to crawl before you walk. Now, His Highness Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum. Now, here's where I would probably usually have a smart-ass comment, but I'm going to leave that one alone. Uh, he is the Prime Minister of the UAE and ruler of Dubai. Ruler, that's a great title. I might go with ruler as my position here with Always Be Booked from now on. I am Ruler Tommy of Always Be Booked. He is expected, not he, not Ruler Tommy, but... Uh, What's this? One of these guys' seven names? Uh, His Highness Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum is uh, he's expect excited about the project and like uh, projects like this that will elevate the country's global profile as a model for sustainable growth driven by diversification, innovation, production, partnerships with the private sector as well. Tell me that we are not right square in the middle of the new golden age of cruising, aren't we? I mean, come on. This stuff is out of control. We kid a lot. We joke around a lot. But we're putting a cruise port in Dubai. You know what I mean? I don't know. What is it? 25 years ago, you wouldn't even know what Dubai was. And Dubai is now just, I mean, that's where the rich go. And a lot of people who eh, maybe not rich or just maybe have a, a good amount of disposable income or just really, really want to go to Dubai, uh, you know, that's where they go. And now they're going to put a cruise terminal in there. Like I said, I don't know if it's going to be so well-received by the super wealthy, but here we come. Uh, all right, let's take a break from all things Carnival Corp and head over to the Norwegian side of things, specifically the busy week the Norwegian Bliss had. She was docked in New York for a while, and as we covered in our interview with Doug Parker last week, she is primed and ready to take over many different parts of the world, depending upon what season you are talking about. She recently broke a record by being the largest cruise ship ever to pass through the Panama Canal on her way to Alaska. Word on the street is that this ship was purpose-built for Alaska, and when I say word on the street, I mean publicly announced by the cruise line, uh, and she'll spend the summer season over there uh, with her fancy new laser tag and her fancy new go-karts. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a little callback. Uh, we'll do a little callback to the interview with Doug and some highlights that he mentioned aboard the Bliss. And it's just three simple ones. The barbecue restaurant is second to none at sea. He seems to think that that whole experience, while maybe a little bit more expensive or a little bit more inconsistent with the pricing, uh, he said he stands by the fact that the the product uh, you know, you, you weren't going to spread this out here, but he did edge it out over Carnival. So he said the barbecue was better on Bliss than it was on Horizon. Um, he also said with going into it with a lot of skepticism, uh, he did uh, come to the conclusion that the go-karts are not a gimmick. While they do control your speed at the beginning, they like, they do let you open it up and really kind of race around. And, you know, you do get some... Uh, happy accidents out there you could put people into the wall and stuff like that my whole thing and he was said people were drinking my whole thing is that that's like that's the craziest part to me 
I don't know how they get away with letting you. Uh, who knows? Because I know damn well I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have some drinks when I'm on the bliss. You know what I mean? And if that's the time we decide to do the go karts, that's when I'm going on the go karts. Uh, I don't equate it to drinking and driving on the street. I don't think it's on the same level. Uh, I don't think it's a good idea to do that. And I'm not even saying it's a good idea to have a couple of drinks and hit these go-karts up. My question is, how are you possibly going to monitor that? I am positive that there's not going to be officers driving around, pulling people over, doing field sobriety tests on the go-kart track. So, you know, is that going to be a thing? Is it going to be just by judgment? I'm sure you can't do a lot of damage, a ton of damage driving on the go-karts. But uh, it's just, it just again... Here's the phrase. You're going to have a ton of people getting hammered and then getting behind a wheel. That's just not not arguable. It's just going to happen. So how are you going to monitor that? Maybe just a, a quick little pre-sobriety test? Maybe you just got to blow in like the people who uh, have multiple DUI offenses? I mean, that's not a bad idea, right? You could try that. And then what, he also, what we also learned from Doug is that the Spice H2O screen has been removed. And that could be uh, part of the, I guess, uh, feature that might make it. An Alaska built uh, a built purpose for Alaska trip, but there is no screen on the Spice H2O. Now that would take a lot away from the party that they throw up there, and maybe they just got away from that a little bit. I think that would be a little bit of a shame. That part of it, I would say, you know what? Take the screen away. Maybe put it on the other side. Maybe just above the entrance to Spice H2O. But uh, they use that screen for a lot. You know, the LED is up there. Uh, displaying the party that's going on. It's also, they use a lot of the intelligent lighting, a lot of the light, a lot of the, I guess what, the scenes that you'll see, the abstract scenes that you'll see on the screen will provide for a lot of the crazy lighting that will work its way onto the dance floor, thus enhancing the party. So that would be, that is a shame that they took it away completely, but I also do see the other side of it. You know, we talked about, there's no pool back there, but it's like, I just love me the aft part of the ship. And that always threw me off a little bit. Now, why would they put that up there? Now, I later saw why, because the party was off the charts. But why would they, uh, in such a way where you want to connect yourself to the sea, why would they take that away from you and just plant this giant LED screen up there? So I guess, you know, it's you can't have it all, right? You can't. But I say before, quickest way to fail is to try to please everybody. So you're going to make your decision, have the courage of your convictions, and go with it. Um the Panama Canal, man, that's still a cruise goal that I have a serious fascination with. I haven't gotten to it. I haven't even made real firm plans to get to it, but it remains something I think I eventually want to try. I do not have the details in front of me, but just to generally cover it for years, uh, cruise ships that could make it through the car—I'm uh, sorry—the canal were very limited. They had to be rated as Panamax to be able to f- get through the canal. Amongst other qualifications, I think size mattered the most and the ability uh, to get through it. That's what she notably said. In recent years, the canal has expanded and new locks were built that would allow a mega ship like the Norwegian Bliss to get through. Man, I'm looking at these pictures here. I don't care how seasoned the captain is. This is a tight squeeze, man. He or she has to have some level of anxiety. I mean, I'm sure that <laughs> it, it's I'm sure there's more, but it, it looks like there's 10 feet on each side of this ship of breathing room to get to you're talking about billions of dollars at stake between the ship itself and the locks and the walls i mean the level of damage that could be done all i'll say is 
hopefully there are no distractions in the bridge while the captain is trying to pull this off. So, all right, moving on. Royal Caribbean. They'll be naming the godmother of the Symphony of the Seas. And uh, I guess I got to take the word godmother away because it's actually a god family. It is the Pena Vega family. Uh, we have a statement from Michael Bailey. Yes, uh, Michael, you have some explaining to do. Quote, Carlos and Alexa have been an extension of our family for quite some time, and they truly personify our spirit of innovation and adventure in every way. We're excited to welcome them and their son, Ocean, as they, they named their son Ocean, as their first ever God family to officially name a ship. Their passion for cruising and commitment to family make them perf the perfect choice to serve as the guiding spirits for Symphony of the Seas. Uh... Is it, this is real? This is this is what we're doing now. Uh, what I've gotten so far is that this is this, this is a, a a family that likes to cruise. And did they win a contest? Did they donate a ton of money? Did they give to a charity? Did uh, what what, what is these? Is this like the eleventh level of the loyalty program? They get to name a ship after you. I don't understand. We have a statement from Carlos. Penavega. Words can't describe the overwhelming emotions we're feeling. Real Caribbean ships have been the backdrops to so many unforgettable, unforgettable moments in our life, and it means so much to us to be named God Family of Symphony of the Seas. Royal Caribbean continues to make America, uh, amazing memories with our family, and this next adventure will be our best yet. What is going on? Are you, are they're just naming the damn largest cruise ship ever to be built after a family that just went on a couple of Royal Caribbean cruises and named their son their son Ocean? I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something here. You guys tell me how you feel about this. Is this just a nice heartwarming story? Or is this kind of weird? Let me know. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Cruise News. Let's get into the main topic for the show. All right, the main topic is this week, it is Disney versus Royal Caribbean. I know this is a little bit of a controversial, so we're talking about the big three in terms of Royal Caribbean, and we're matching, I guess you would say, all across the board. You'd have to agree, no matter what cruise line you choose or what your favorite is, you probably have to say, if you were going to give a level, if you were going to say one of the big three is mostly compared to a level above it is Royal Caribbean. I may not necessarily agree with that. You may not necessarily agree with that. But if you polled everybody, I think you would probably, that would be the general consensus. So now we're talking about Disney, which is also looked at as sort of a premium cruise line as well. And, uh, you know, you're talking about a major difference in price. So if you take the cream of the crop, quote unquote, from the big three and put them against a premium line that also specialized in entertainment, children's entertainment and things like that. And knowing that there is a very, uh, a quite, quite a substantial price difference between the two, if you match the two of them up, what would you say? What would it be? Would the price difference that you pay for Disney be worth it over a Royal Caribbean cruise? So let's get into a couple of things here. What we do have is uh, my friend Dan, who is a loyal to Royal, diehard crown and 
anchor person. He did recently go on his first Disney cruise. Now he's a comes from a cruising family. His family has always done a lot of different cruises. His mother and his sister did do Disney a couple of times. They have a bunch of Disney cruises booked. And uh, this is a guy who I know personally who knows the cruise game, but he finally took a Disney cruise and I wanted to get his take. His name is Dan, good buddy of mine, and I want I wanted to get his take on what he thought the differences, the comparisons, and the contrasting was between Disney and Royal Caribbean. But first, we'll do a little bit of an intro here to get the party started. All right, so as you can, as we always say, I always say on this show is you know everybody always asks what's the best cruise line. This is no different when it's when I when I'll repeat myself and say you can't ask that question because you can't compare cruise lines. You can compare ships. You can compare cruise ships. You can compare itineraries. You can compare bells and whistles and uh, technological advancements, big ship, small ship, different type of experiences. To me, that's the way you want to go. Okay. You ask me what's better, Norwegian or Royal Caribbean? You think Royal Caribbean? Okay. What if I'm going to put you on either the Empress of the Seas versus the Norwegian escape. Yeah, you know what? A lot of you probably would pick the Empress of the Seas because they like the small ship experience. However, this is probably an exception to that rule though because of the fact that Disney is not noted for having extravagant, big, new, wow factor, over-the-top, technologically advanced cruise ships. But what goes on on those cruise ships is, I mean, nothing short of spectacular from what you're going to hear. Disney is, you'd probably kind of classify it as elegance meets family friendly. Because if you do see some of the pictures and you do get some of the descriptions from a lot of people, you'll hear that, you know, Disney kind of gives you a little bit of that old school cruising feeling. It is elegant. It does kind of give off a little bit of the subtleties of like maybe like a like a Cunard or a P&O cruise line does when you get on the ship and in the atrium, the simplicity and just the, uh, I guess, the, the, the classiness of it all. Where Royal Caribbean is going to bring you the wow. I'm not talking wow with the crazy decor that Carnival had that reputation for. And they don't have it anymore. But way back when they were building those ships that looked all like this class, uh, classical Las Vegas on crack look. Uh, they don't do that, but they do, you know, when you get on the ship, it is a wow factor. You know, I mean, you're basically entering on any of the Voyager class ships and up. You're you're entering onto a, what is a shopping mall, essentially, with the Royal Promenade. And I love it. I think it's awesome. I'm, I'm not necessarily ashamed of my shopping mall American roots. So I don't hate it like a lot of people do. But You know, you don't get that on Disney. You get the beautiful staircases. You get the flat tones. You get just beautiful statues and just simplicity. And uh, Royal Caribbean brings you the wow. You immediately know when you get on Royal Caribbean, you are entering onto some of the most innovative things that you'll ever see at sea. In my interview, if you guys have heard my interview with cruise director Dan Dan, the one thing I'll, the one thing he said to me that really kind of stood out, a few things stood out, but one of the main things that stood out is the hardware versus the software argument. 
And uh, the hardware is Royal Caribbean. And I've beaten Royal Caribbean with the hardware, with you know the robot bartenders, with the North Star, where you can look at look, or you can be propelled off the side of the ship by a giant floating arm, you know, almost like a like a like a boom arm, and, and you can ice skate. You can all the things you could do on Royal Caribbean. Disney is not trying to crush you with the hardware. But what they are bringing to you is the software, and that means the moving parts, the people, the you know the things that you can kind of just change, interchange quickly. The experience that you're going to get that one-on-one treatment is going to be second to none. And really, from what I hear, is I don't know. Like it's like I said it to I said it to Dan. Like you don't really hear people ever come off of a Disney cruise experience and say. Eh, not really worth it, you know? They all, even though it is expensive, it is over the top, it is going to cost you more than a regular cruise will, it seems like the value is still there. Uh, Disney is in its own category. You have the three categories pretty much with large cruising. It's the mass market, which is the big three. You have your premium, which is, you know, your celebrity, your Disney, your princess, and then you have your luxury, which is crystal cruises and things of that nature. But, you know, Disney is sort of its own category because it does have the entertainment and the child friendliness of a mass market cruise line, but it is priced and has the quality of a premium line. So that's why Disney is almost a whole different ball game when you're talking about cruise ships. Disney will not live in its own box. It will just kind of, you know, exist in its own space. Uh, food. It's got the food of a premium cruise ship. Disney, it just seems like, you know, they they crush it with the food and it doesn't seem like any of the big three is quite on the level on the food. Whether you're talking about the, you know, the rotational dining, whether you're talking about the buffet, when you're talking about the specialty restaurants and the service that you get within those specialty restaurants, it seems like Disney is just a little bit above. Of course, with Royal Caribbean, you're going to get the wow. I said it over and over again. The minute you step onto a Royal Caribbean ship, you're going to be hit with things that you normally did not think could exist at sea. All right, so along with all the beautiful things and the opportunities that you'll get on Disney Cruise Lines, with all the great service and the great food and all the surprise amenities and the entertainment, you're also going to get an elevated price tag. So it is very expensive, significantly expensive. We're not talking a couple of hundred dollars here. It is noticeably expensive. So you are going to have to make that decision and decide whether or not it is worth it for you. Uh, Royal Caribbean has the convenience of many, many ships. So you're talking about, you know, what are we at in here? Approaching right around 20 ships or 20 plus ships for Royal Caribbean, uh, leaving out of multiple ports, going to multiple destinations, whereas Disney currently has four ships. I believe there's two or three uh, on the way, but right now there's only four ships, and they all go to Castaway Key, so you really are a little bit more limited to where you're going to go and what type of ship you're going to be on. Clearly, again, they're selling the experience, so if you if convenience is important to you and you want to be able to possibly drive to your port or you want to have a lot of different choices as to where you want to go and what you want to do, Royal Caribbean is probably going to be a little bit better of an option for you than a Disney cruise. Uh, Disney Disney Cruise Lines have have personal touches 
all over the place. Like starting with, and I know this from the restaurant business, and it's what you want to do is anything in hospitality, if you can get off on the right foot, it makes your job so much more easy. You come in with this reputation, whether you come to this place, you're excited to go to this place. If as soon as off the bat, you get two or three bad experiences, like, you know, maybe you didn't get greeted at the front door, maybe uh, the door was locked, maybe whatever it is, you know, you're, you're going to have an uphill battle trying to win that guest back just to break even and have them saying that, okay, the experience was just north of negative. It was actually a positive experience. Forget about wowing them and blowing them away. That's out the window. You're just trying to bring them back up after you've pissed them off a couple of times. But if you give them a great experience in the beginning and show them this over-the-top kind of, I guess, energy and 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 attention, what you're going to get is a situation where it's almost hard to screw it up. They're going to smile if the food is a little bit late or if it's a little bit, you know, not exactly what they want. Oh, you know what? That's okay because they've already been inundated with that good feeling. So that's what you want to do. And Disney knows this, which is why the minute you walk onto a Disney cruise ship, you're getting clapped on by the entire, I'm not saying the entire, but all, a, a good amount of the officers all dressed in white, the characters, they're on a microphone, they're announcing your name and everybody's clapping. Talk about a nice touch. You got to screw up big time to mess up that type of momentum. But another advantage of Disney Cruise Line is that they have the backing of one of the world's largest entertainment companies. I mean, you got Disney, you got Marvel, you got Star Wars. When you could throw these types of name brands, you're talking about a kid, you're six years old. I'm going back to when I was six, seven, eight years old. And you tell me I can shake hands with Darth Vader or Chewbacca or Luke Skywalker or Batman or people like that. I mean, that's that's nuts. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I never was a huge Disney guy, but most kids are. So <clears throat> talking about even Disney as far as kids go. That's that's forget about that. That's you just you just uh, other cruise lines. It's a, it's a situation where it's tough to compete with. Now let's go over Royal Caribbean though. They are no slouch in the entertainment department. They have the DreamWorks. They have name brand shows that you have probably actually heard of at sea. So tons of stuff on Royal Caribbean as well, and their entertainment group and their entertainment staff takes it very very seriously. Can it compete with Disney? I don't know. When you're talking about the talents of each individual performer, I think that's probably pretty close. But then when you can kind of have that tiebreaker of being able to say, you know what, this kid watches cartoons, watches TV shows, and these actual characters are the characters that they are cruising with, and they're licensed to wear these uniforms, and you know, you're interacting with the actual characters. So I could see where that, for at least you know, on a kid level, and honestly, some, some a lot of adults, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> they, that that is a big factor. So. Uh, also, uh, Disney, they do the fireworks at sea for two nights. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised nobody, I don't know if they have that market cornered, but I'm surprised nobody has really, you know, taken that and ran with it. That's just a thing that it might just be really, really expensive. But I would expect to have seen a little bit of the copycat league, uh, you know, factor come into play and somebody else start doing those fireworks off the, off the back of the ship a couple of nights during the cruise, but Disney still does it. I think I think it has been done, but it's never as a, a regular practice. But Disney does it pretty much on a, if you've got a seven day cruise, you're seeing fireworks 
two nights. Uh, Disney in, in the rooms, bathrooms, all the bathrooms have hot, uh, I'm sorry, not hot tubs, regular tubs. That seems to be really, really popular, especially for women. You know, women do a lot in the shower. They do. They got to shave the legs. They got to freaking, you know, all that stuff. So it's a little bit different from men. We just wash off and go. But the women I hear, you know, from what these these girls tell me is that it's very, very tough they like to shave their legs while they take their shower. And if there's any type of bathtub, even if it's a small bathtub, it's a big, big difference. Uh, Disney uh, has nice, uh, a nice rotational dining thing. So you get a different look at a different restaurant with a different menu every night while still being able to sit with your same guests and get served by your same waiter the entire time. That's just a, you know, an old school cruising principle where you just, they want to make sure that you get that personal touch by day three or four. These people should be knowing what you want to eat, knowing your favorite types of, uh, you know, knowing your taste. And and they just, they just focus heavily on that. Uh, Royal Caribbean, they have the main dining room. It's a little bit more refined, um, you know, a little less loud from what I hear on Disney. While the food is really, really good, the personal touch is really, really good. You got to imagine, I mean, all the kids on a Disney cruise ship, that, that, I don't care what you do with that dining room. That's, <laughs> I don't know, man. You're trying to eat your soup and uh, there's going to be some noise in that room. I don't care. It's a Disney cruise putting all that kid, the, all those kids in there for dinner. I remember when I was a kid too. You couldn't keep me still for 25 minutes, 45 minutes trying to sit through an actual formal meal. No, that wasn't going to happen without, uh, you know, without some sort of a temper tantrum or screaming or yelling or at least being a little obnoxious. So let's just say half the kids are well-behaved and half the kids got a little bit of that extra energy, maybe that sugar rush. They're in a cruise ship and Mickey's coming by. There's going to be some screaming. So if you're an adult on a Disney cruise, I don't know how appealing that main dining room is going to be. But if you're not and you do have kids and you are in that main dining room, man, it's it's probably going to it's probably a second to none experience for them. So uh, specialty dining, uh, Disney probably gets it for quality. And, you know, that's where they level up when it comes to service. And Royal Caribbean probably gets it for quantity, amount of different options. Adult fun, Royal Caribbean will be more edgy. You'll have some late night stuff on Disney. They'll throw a little bit of a party. They'll give some options for adults to drink a little bit late into the night. But remember, they don't do drink packages. So Royal Caribbean is going to have the nightclub. Royal Caribbean is going to have the DJs. And Royal Caribbean is going to have, uh, let's just say the crowd is going to be howling at the moon deep into the night. Probably a little bit more so than that of on a Disney cruise. Um Disney, from what I'm hearing, is that there are they do a little bit of a better job separating the adults and the kids. If you're an adult and you don't want to be around kids, you can absolutely have that option on Disney. But, you know, like I said, think Carnival Serenity Deck. I don't know. It's very, very nice. It's a beautiful area. It's very peaceful. But I need a little something. I want some music. I want some I want some people talking. I want some, you know, a little bit of uh, energy to the room too. And I think uh, that's what that's what Disney does. A little bit more of the separation of the adults and the kids. But in the adults area, it's it's pretty quiet. It's not a lot of action going on per se. Um there's, like I said, more going on for adults on Royal Caribbean. It's a little bit more subtle on Disney cruises. And uh, here's a big one. You know, again, one of the major things I do on cruise ships is uh, 
reach into the pocket, throw some money on the table, and try my hand at blackjack. There you go with the pun again. Trying my hand, blackjack, see what I did, get it. And uh, on Disney, you are not going to have that opportunity because they do not have a casino. Uh, uh, another advantage to Disney, though, is Castaway Key. Uh, from what you hear, that is the go-to private island, the private island of all private islands. And, you know, I'll say... Royal Caribbean is probably second best with Labadee Haiti. There's a lot going on at Labadee. I was just there. I've heard people say through my research that they went to Labadee and that they thought that was everything that they could ever want in a private island. And then they go to Castaway Key and then, you know, they forget Labadee in two seconds because Castaway Key is just that good. And that's probably why. Every single Disney cruise ship does stop at uh, Castaway Key. Sounds like an amazing experience. Sounds like a lot of fun, both for the kids and the adults. So, you know, Castaway Key, you got to give that private island aspect to it to Disney. So without further ado, I'm going to play the interview that I had with Dan. And uh, Dan, again, you heard me talk and compare and contrast. I did do a lot of research, watched a lot of videos comparing the two, read a lot of articles, looked into it pretty deep, and I really, really felt like I got a pretty good handle on it. However, I do not have the personal experience of going on a Disney cruise. So like I said, I took a lifelong, a Royal Caribbean lifer. Dan walks around with his crown and anchor pin on him. I'm just kidding. Went a little too far with that, but he loves Royal Caribbean. However, he went on a Disney cruise very, very recently, and we caught up with Dan, and he gives us his thoughts on Disney versus Royal Caribbean. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. We have my good buddy Dan. Used to work with Dan down in Orlando. Dan, how you been, brother? Good, man. How about yourself? Very good. Very good. So topic of the show this week, as we already know, is comparing Royal Caribbean with Disney. And it just kind of came up because, as I mentioned before, one of the potential clients out there was, you know, really deciding between, you know, the pricing. And that, that always becomes the issue when you're talking about Disney. It's like, you know, the experience is over the top. But you're gonna pay for it, and it's almost like Alaska things like that. Like I, I things that people, the different side of Caribbean cruising or, or cruising that people don't necessarily do. It's just one of those things that you never hear anybody say anything bad about. I've never heard anybody say I regret going to Alaska; it was too cold. Or and I've never heard anybody say I regret going and di- you know cruising Disney. And they have very, very loyal, loyal, loyal cruisers. Now, Dan is a loyal crown and anchor guy. Since I've known you, you've taken like how many, like 25 Royal Caribbean cruises or whatever? Yeah, something like that. Pretty much mostly been Royal Caribbean, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so he's definitely, uh, you know, probably gold, platinum, whatever. He's got high status with that since, you know, since childhood he's been Royal Caribbean. And then recently he took a Disney cruise. Now, was that your only Disney cruise or have you taken others? Yeah, that was my first Disney cruise I've ever been on. Okay, so the, the Crown and Anchor people didn't come banging on your door, you know, asking, <laughs> you know, WTF? No, I'm surpri- surprisingly not. <laughs> <laughs> you might. They may. They still might, you know. Um, all right, so I wanted to kind of go through the basics and the general things of, uh, you know, the differences, the comparisons, the contra- the contrasting between Royal Caribbean and Disney. Now, what did you like most about Royal Caribbean? Now, what was your favorite thing about Royal Caribbean, why you were so comfortable continuing to sail with them? I mean, 
I think it was a mixture for me. It's definitely, you know, I'm a big, big food junkie, as you know. So, um, mixture of the food, but the entertainment is pretty much what it does for me. So, yeah. uh, I love carnival. Like if I want to go on carnival and, you know, kind of go and have like a booze cruise type thing, you know, I love carnival for that, but more, more often than not, I'm just gonna, you know, chill, hit a couple bars, relax and want to eat good food and just kind of more be with the friends than kind of booze cruise now these days. <laughs> right. Totally. So you feel like it's a little bit more on the, uh, relaxing side and maybe like a little bit more of i guess food driven from a food standpoint it's an elevated experience on royal caribbean yeah and then you know do you find because people will also say that royal caribbean you know there is that little extra touch like you get a little bit better you know it's subtle it's 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 hard to necessarily pinpoint exactly and it varies from ship to ship but people say the royal caribbean touch from a service standpoint and the you know the decor standpoint is a little bit better than than carnival would you would you think that too yeah i uh, i definitely feel that and i think you hit that on the nail on the head when it comes to that is you know there's a little nuance that kind of varies from ship to ship maybe one ship's got a great staff but it's a little older you know what i mean it just it kind of depends on what ship i guess you're on and you know Whatever the little subtle nuances, like you said. Yeah, I had to. I interviewed uh, Dan, the cruise director on the Norwegian Breakaway recently, and I was asking him, you know, how he felt like big ship versus small ship, and that's what he said. He said, you know, on the big ships and the newer, nicer ships, it's an easier job because there's so many things and there's so many attractions that kind of, I don't want to say do his job for him, but it keeps the guest occupied, you know, versus the mm-hmm. smaller ship where he uh, does have to work a lot more and he does have to kind of keep things moving and keep people entertained a little bit more. But he, he likes that too because it allows him to really connect with the guest. There's less guests on board. So, you know, it's easier to get to know everybody. It's easier to put that charge through that whole ship. Um, what do you what do you prefer, by the way, the, the big ship experience or the small ship experience? I'm kind of torn. So am I. I, I guess it, it's kind of like... I don't know, like, because for me, it's like who you bring on the cruise makes the cruise uh, to a certain extent. Thousand percent, uh, yep. Uh, so, I mean, I've done the small cruises. I've done, you know, the big ones too. I mean, they each. I mean, it's just I don't know. I haven't really fully decided on which one I like better because they each have, you know, the same word, but they each have their own little special thing about them that's, you know, better. Like, we have the more interaction with the you know, with the staff and it's more personalized when you're on the smaller ones. Like when I went on one of the smaller ones, I went to the same bar and the guy called me, uh, by my last name every time, Mr. Antonio, how are you doing today? Yeah. Like clockwork every day. Then, you know, you get on some of those bigger ones and you know, you're seeing different faces. I, I really liked the Royal Caribbean. I was on the Oasis and the freedom and I didn't love the Oasis because I actually, I, I shouldn't say I didn't love it. I'm just saying by comparison, you know, tell me I yeah. got a cruise on the Oasis of the Seas tomorrow. I'm, I'm doing disco dances in my room, so I'm happy. But it's just a matter of being able to, uh, you know, 
pick out what you like best, and I definitely thought the Freedom was a better experience because I didn't notice that Royal Caribbean touch on Oasis. It was just more about the bells and whistles and all the things that are available to you. But on the along the Freedom of the Seas, I did notice that it was the the service was good, and Freedom's a big ship too. But the service was good, the cleanliness was good, the decor was good, and it was a it was a fun fun time. But like you said, I agree with you. Carnival definitely is more of that like come as you are, or it's good for just late night carousing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, now another thing. I mean, talking about Royal. I mean, the other thing I'm excited about too with Royal is their whole uh, their whole new private island. I don't know if you got a chance to like, look at everything with that, but that place is going to be crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing another. Um I saw that. I actually did a show on that, I think. the uh, I forgot what it's called. but the, it's Coco K. Oh, Coco K. Oh. Yeah, they're not making a new one. They're just redoing Coco K. Yeah, they're just making it like over the top, yeah. like water slides and like just kind of pretty much an extension of the boat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, you're on land, but it's still the boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you have all that. They're doing that zip line where it's going to be even crazier than the... Uh, Lobbity one. Oh yeah, that's gonna be nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like pissed because I'm like, you know, I drummed up all the courage I got to get on this freaking thing. Had to have to do my shots and get up there, and I'm like, oh, I'm dreading it the whole time. And then I finally do it. I feel like I conquered it. Big, huge achievement. Now they're gonna build another one. I got that's faster and bigger. <laughs> so now I got to do this one too. I'm like, damn. But uh, that was awesome. Yeah, like, like Bert the Conqueror style. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's switch it over. So you recently went on a Disney cruise, and uh, what what Disney cruise ship was it? It was the Disney Fantasy. Okay, Disney Fantasy. Now, so it's the it's the bigger of the um, it's the Fantasy and I believe the Fantasy and Dream are the two big ones. Then it's the Wonder and oh, I can't remember the other one for the life of me right now. That's the crazy part to me with Disney is that they just they have these loyal loyal guests and people that will you know die for donald duck but they don't even they barely even build new ships these are like not necessarily structural wonders where you're like holy crap look at this ship and that's one of royal caribbean's calling cards you're supposed to look at these ships and be like holy shit look at this thing but like yeah disney does it with you know kind of like older older ships some newer but mostly older ships so what how could you sum up the disney experience Oh man, like, so this is my first, this was the first one I've ever been on my, let's just put it this way. My mom and sister have been on, they're looking to hit 10 by next year. Next year we're going on a Panama Canal cruise on Disney on the wonder. So it's a small ship. So oh wow, they are going, we just went on one in March. They're going on one actually here in like three weeks in May. Um, another one, then they're going on another one. Uh, which is the British Isles this September. And I think we're doing a Christmas one later this year. So my parent, my mom and sister will be going on four Disney cruises this year. God bless uh, the, God of, bless your family, <laughs> man. This is a cruising family. <laughs> so just to kind of put that in perspective, uh, what they think of uh, Disney, but man, Disney was over the top. Like, I mean, the food just phenomenal. The, they interact like the way when you get on the boat that you know when you first get on the boat they ask you what your you know the party's name is and then 
you know, they announce you and you get this applause when you walk in is when you, the first time you get on the boat. I did see that. That's that's nuts. And all the officers are standing there lined up and you get like this. They clap you into they clap you onto the ship. Yep. They clap you onto the ship. Every cruise, they pick out one family. That's the first family uh, to go on the cruise. Like they get their picture taken. They, they make this big ordeal. And it's like, uh, you know, they're the first ones that get to go on the ship and. It's, you know, they kind of, you know, try to go over the top with everything. Like when you're waiting in the, you know, the atrium before you get on, uh, like they have all, you know, they'll have Disney characters floating in and out. So before you even getting on the ship, you can take pictures with Goofy, Mickey, Minnie, you know, Donald, Chip and Dale. Like they're all just kind of rotating through the atrium while you're waiting. <laughs> That's insane. Because, you know, you're like, you know, those people, they do that every single week. And when you are getting on a cruise ship and you're ready to go on vacation, in your mind, you know how it is. We're in the, we're in the service industry, too. Like, we, we, mm-hmm. we throw these parties and people have birthdays and anniversaries and whatever whatever else. And they come and show up. And it's our job to make them feel like, wow, you know what? This is, you know, we don't do this all the time. This is a huge party and it's for you and we're happy to throw it for you. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, the, you know, the, the, the cruise people, you know, they're in the same they're in the same boat. No pun intended. They're like, you know, we do this every day. We don't really care about the Johnsons that are getting on the cruise ship first. But the fact that they bring it to the table and, and, and can bring that energy to the table and you you get on that ship feeling like you know what this is something special i'm getting on a disney cruise right now and then it's totally backed up by this amazing staff that claps you on and greets you and you're like see that's what i tell and that and they're so smart for doing that because you get it off you kick it off to the right start everything else is going to seem so much cooler you know what i mean 100 percent. you know they have the events that they tell you about like in the nightly thing but they also have secret events which I found out after the fact. <laughs> oh, really? So they don't tell you about certain things that are going on, and you got to find, yeah, find so, out? Yeah, pretty much. So, like, for instance, there's a, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan, and I, I showed some of the pictures. They have Star Wars Day at Sea. They're, all, they're starting to do Marvel Day at Sea now also. But on Star Wars Day at Sea, essentially the Imperials take over the ship and look for Rebels. Well, I found out that the night before they do this special show or whatever that, if you don't know about it, it's gonna. It still happens, but it's like the Imperials landing on the ship and taking over it. And oh, the whole, like they, they start the process. They start the process. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into that then. So, I mean, out of the big three, Carnival, Norwegian, Royal Caribbean, Royal Caribbean has by far and away the reputation for the best entertainment. They usually get a lot of Broadway caliber shows. Even their, mm-hmm. you know, even their. You know, in-house brand name shows are really, really good, and and they take their entertainment to the next level as compared to the other two in the big three. Yeah. Now Disney is supposed to be a whole another level. Like so, the entertainment in general compare Royal Caribbean with Disney. Disney, well, this. I mean, I I enjoyed everything. You know, it's they're not doing like a like what was it? They did Aladdin. So Aladdin, it was like a forty-five minute. So it wasn't the full show, right? But they, you know, they shortened it significantly. But it was, it was still, you know, still a great show, right? Um, but I'm saying, like, down to it, was it a noticeable like difference in the quality, of the entertainment, the music, and everything? I mean, that's got to be Disney's calling card. Like, it, it, did you did you notice that Disney was a level above Royal Caribbean? Um, on certain things, yes. On certain things, no. Um. When it came to the shows, you know, if it was like a full full show, I think it might have been a little different. 
right um versus you know kind of short 45 minute quick version of it just you know because you can only keep a kid span for so long on different things like that but like you know they the the magic act that they had see i saw that i knew who their magic act was they were on a couple of magic shows uh penn and teller fool us and a couple other ones so uh-huh. um they had a show in vegas so i mean that was phenomenal if you know if not better because then obviously they do the meet and greet afterwards um with them so that part was good but you know production wise like for the show it was good production i would you know say it's pretty much like royal yeah in that aspect so um, not noticeably different in either way like as far as the actual on-stage talent and music and stuff like that yeah for, at least for me yeah um you know that's the way I kind of felt about it. Just kind of gotcha. All right, it so wasn't we, anything to like write home about, but it was just still good. Right. So we talked about the food. Definitely, Disney gets the nod with food. Entertainment can be a little bit of a wash, basically, for whatever whatever reason in your in your eyes. What yeah. about? Let me ask you this. I mean, Disney. A lot of the stigma that Disney Disney does get is that it's for kids and you know for families and stuff like that. You are you're a single guy. You went with your family, but you're a single guy. What did you? How did you feel about the? disney experience for an adult well and it was this this is what i was more surprised about i guess than anything because like i that pretty much that stigma was in my mind going in and i was like man there's gonna be kids running everywhere yada 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 but they do a good really good job separating everybody obviously everything is you know especially designed for kids and like their you know kids programs and stuff like that but the adult only stuff um, that you can do is is great, and the adult only areas are fantastic. Um, the adult only area, you know, pool deck was the front. I never saw minus when we left the port, which is obviously not a big deal um, because everyone wants to see when you're sailing out or whatever from the front. Right. But minus that, I never saw any kid in the adult only areas. There's just so much for the kids to do. So I mean, I mean, if you want to be in that and kind of be in that you can um but if you want your own area you want your own retreat you can go to where there aren't kids is what you're saying exactly and there's you know obviously disney's not over drinking but they do have the bars and the adult areas for you to you know get a beverage and stuff and different things like that but yeah like even on their private island they have their adult only area of the you know the beach you got to take two trams to get to it and then, then you're in the adult only area and, you know, you got to be 18, I have to believe he's 18 and up to go in the adult-only area. So smart, so, of them, so smart of them to do that. So, yeah, they do a great job separating everybody. But also, if you want to be with everything, you can still be with everything. Right. So you have, like, it's almost, yeah, it's almost like VIP when you're in the club. You can, you can go, yeah, you, pre- can, you can be in your own area, but if you want to go to general population, you can. Yeah, pretty much. And, like, that's even with the dining, too. They have two restaurants that are in the very back of the ship on, on like, the 11th, 11th deck. Um, one's called Remy, which is a French restaurant. They serve a nine-course meal. Ooh. And that's, uh, I think that's, like, a $90 upcharge per person to eat there. Then they have Paolo, which is the Italian one. I believe that's a 20 or $30 upcharge per person. And, you know, you can do brunch or dinner, but... They give you a menu, and it's pretty much like a go to town. We had this guy that my parent, my mom and sister actually had before named Luca from Italy. Literally, 
you know, me Italian, he literally made us feel like family. Like he, we were talking, you know, he's talking about his parents with us and his family and his girlfriend. He lives in London and just different things like that. So then that meal was a two and a half hour meal that we had too. Wow. Um, and, and we ordered, and the cool thing about it too, is when you're in those adult only areas, like you're paying for the extra for it, but it's like whatever you want. So like, I ordered four appetizers and he brought it and spaced it out different times. And, you know, they do a fresh antipasto for you when you sit down the wheel over this tray and it's got all the cheeses and olives and salami and capricola and ham and prosciutto. And it does sound like that's what he's kind of selling me on it because it's like, you know, am I going to spend an extra $1,500 for a cruise? I love the cruises I go on. What what are they going to possibly do? to make it worth another 1500 bucks, And I still kind of feel that way, but I do sense where you're saying, like, if you can sit down and you get it, like you're talking about this guy, Luca, where he's going to sit there and talk to you and kind of just, you actually feel like you're having a personal experience. They're not going to rush you out. They're going to bring it. They're going to bring you your courses spaced out. They're going to give you a real good dining experience versus, I mean, let's be honest, even in Royal Caribbean, these main dining room experiences, you're kind of going in there with a level of expectation that's like, okay, you know what? This is sort of like as nice as it is and as beautiful as the staircase is and, you know, the silverware and the tables and, you know, everybody's dressed nice. It really is a, you know, the food's pretty good, but is it kind of like a, you know, like a catering hall experience? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I mean, and that's and even just like their main dining, they do rotational dining on Disney. Yeah, I was going to so ask about three. that. So you so you you go from the same and you get the same waiter and everything, right? Yep, you have the same wait staff that follows you around, and uh, you, there's the three restaurants. And you just rotate between them, and uh, depending on like what the day is. So like they had theme days. Obviously, there's Star Wars Day at Sea and Pirate Day. So during Pirate Day, the meal was like a pirate themed meal. Like, you know, the menu you got was pirate-themed. Then for Star Wars Day, everything was Star Wars-based. So it was names like, um, I'm trying to remember, can't remember some of the names offhand, but it was like, you know, they used Star Wars characters' names and city names oh, and stuff you. like yeah, that yeah, yeah. In, uh, in the food. But just on top of that, the rotational dining, each dining room, each dining room is different than obviously their mainstays animator's palette. Well, an animator's palette, the cool thing is that you get to do is you, uh, uh, one night you get to draw, you know, like, a, a character on, they give you this sheet and they show you where you put the hands, the head, and you just draw whatever you want in there. They collect it. Then there's like this show and it's probably like a, a 10 minute show where they bring, you know, the waiter will come over and be like, all right, you want to look at this TV, this TV and this TV. And everyone's artwork comes to life. Wow. So they animate everybody's artwork. It's a song and they dance. Then they kind of like mix it in with like Disney movies and other like, you know, Mickey and like the artwork will be dancing with Mickey and Minnie and Goofy and just different things like that. And, you know, that's one night of the of, of the meal. And like I said, there's the Enchanted Garden, there's Animator's Palette, and then there's the Royal Ballroom. Mm-hmm. So each one has their own you know theme and everything and it's just it's just fantastic like and the staff that in general was uh the dining staff was great i kind of got seasick um one day and it was just bad and i went back to the room and the waiters asked if he want if my parents wanted me to send 
you know, my food to the room and so I could just eat out of the room. Wow. They're like, no, nah, it's probably not the best idea. Well, on Disney, it's kind of similar as Car as Royal, where they have the drink, the soda machines. Yes. But the soda machines are only on the top deck because obviously they want to keep them away from the kids. Yeah, so sure. It's unlimited, unlimited soda. So they're on the top deck. So instead of my parents having to go get ginger ale, he ran in the back and got my parents two cans of ginger ale to bring back to the room for me. Wow. Then, like the the room hostess was also great as well. She uh. She asked, you know, she's like, oh, get him chicken noodle soup and some grilled cheese and he'll feel better. So then the next time we went to dinner and everything the next night, the head waiter came over and and asked, you know, how I was feeling, how I was doing. Obviously, the server and the server assistant both asked how I was doing. Um, but I was just like, just, you know, they were just like, touch. oh, yeah, the personal touch. And they were like. Because they know I didn't eat last night, you know, get to eat any of the food. They're like, if there's anything you want from last night, get let us here. know, and we'll and we'll get it and we'll get it made for you. Wow! So that was that was pretty cool as well because I, you know, missed some of the food. They're like, whatever you want. Here's this menu. Here's the menu again. If you want it, you can have it. And you know, it was you know, very super personable, personal, and it was just phenomenal. This um, our head waiter, his name is Dennis. Yeah, he's from Turkey and. Um, you know how you rarely ever see the head waiter. Yeah. You know, you might see him once when he comes over just to say hi or something like that. Sure. Like he was great. He came over every night was helping, you know, he was filling our water, talking to us, asked us how our day was going, recommended stuff for us to do. He's you- never been to one of the islands before stuff like that. So yeah, they're, they're excellent when it comes to, um, who they hire and stuff like that as well. Can you imagine um, the training program? Oh man, I I I can only I can only imagine what it is uh, when it comes to, when it comes to Disney. <laughs> and that's the thing too with cruises, like you know, I wonder what laws they're having to I guess operate under, like because you know how you go on a Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, or Carnival cruise, most people are pretty nice. Most of the staff is good, very accommodating. But at least once or twice a day, you'll come across that person who is completely over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And would you say that did you encounter that at all on Disney, or was that just not tolerated? Not really. Like everybody, like thoroughly enjoyed what they were doing. Um, when it when it came to, when it came to that stuff, like I didn't, you know, even even the cleaners that were cleaning the bathroom were super friendly. Like yeah. I accidentally walked in, walked in one when he's cleaning. I'm like, I'm sorry. He's like, no, no, no. You go. I'll come finish in a second. You you know yada yada yada. And I'm like, oh wow. I'm like. Everybody that I encountered was fantastic uh, when it came to stuff. Unless, obviously, like, for instance, on Star Wars Day, they had people dressed up. They were supposed to be, like, the officers. So, yeah. like, they were in character and doing their character thing. Right. You know, when you encountered them. Mm-hmm. But, like, I really didn't see, see anybody that was like that at all, you know, which was, which was just crazy that's amazing like, to not see one person like not be like i'm done with today right <laughs> <laughs> now well, let me ask you this the um what i call i call it roving entertainment throughout the ship you know the whether it's the band you know that's what you have mostly like a couple of different bands you have a piano player a guitar player a lounge singer uh just people that you see pop up at various venues that entertain you and musical people do you did you get um a feel for the level of them how were they with it you know the the band that might be on the Lido deck or the piano bar guy or girl, um, the uh, guitar player. How was that? 
yeah so when it comes to uh comes to that it's um like that's i guess that's like the most of the areas are geared towards kids right before you go into the royal palace for dinner there's a piano there mm-hmm. and there's generally uh a pianist and a, a singer singer violinist combo something like that playing before before during and after both courses gotcha of uh dinner time mm-hmm. so that was pretty cool but like their adult only area of the cruise ship which is like the what do you call it like the club area was very uh it was like european themed which was pretty cool so the the nightclub nightclub was called the tube and based on the british british subway system the sub, the- so it's all brit it's all like printed out flag colors when you're sitting at a couple of the tables it literally feels like in a subway because they have the little handlebars above you uh-huh um then there's uh there's a french uh french place um which i can't remember the name for um it was a champagne lounge so let me ask you that in general like after for like after 10 p.m stuff was there and again yeah we know this is disney it's the fu- yeah. the primary focus is going to be families and kids but was there action like later, did you see what I mean? Let me dare I ask: Were there even were there pockets? Yeah, that's so. That's the the nightclub area is kind of what I'm referring to for the after ten o'clock. Yeah, but I'm um, saying like, was it? I know you're describing it, but like, was it? Yeah. W- w- you know, was it was it lit as the kids say? Yeah, it was. I had a great time. Like each place has got their own. Like there's one, two. There's like four, five different five different areas um, that you can kind of pick between depending mm-hmm. on what you want to do. So they had like a pub. So if you wanted to kind of just go watch some sports, have a beer, chill with you know with the guys or whatever, after ten there was that. They had this cool place called Skyline, which was like a lounge, um, which was pretty popular um, because about every fifteen minutes, the there obviously was a picture of a skyline. The skyline changed like every fifteen minutes, so you'd really? be in a different city. Um, every 15 minutes, like one was Greece and you saw the Acropolis, they had Paris. So you're looking at the Eiffel tower. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now I wonder if that's like, I wonder if who, cause, cause real, I'm sorry, Norwegian on the, uh, breakaway plus class ship on the escape. Anyway, they have the skyline bar and, uh, it's the similar situation. It's just led screens throughout the place that are just different skylines. I wonder if somebody copied cruise people always copy each other. I wonder if somebody copied that from somebody else. Yeah, they they might have. But another cool thing about the Disney one is, is um, it's animated. So like, it's uh the city. You, know, you see a city street, like you'll see headlights of like a car driving by. Um, oh, okay. oh, okay. So it's it, actually moving. It, it's actually yeah, it's moving. And um, they say if you like when it's because you can go in there anytime you want. You know, there's no one in there during the day. But certain times, if you look close enough on the screen. You can see people walking, and you'll see Disney characters in there as really? well. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I didn't get to see. I didn't get to see any, but like it's all animated. Everything moves, and that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. What um? I know we're going over here. We're we're actually. I'm, I'm keeping you on long. I know you got to get going soon, but I, I just have so many questions. A couple more. Just the the island island itself. So you did stop at uh, Castaway Key. Yes, you hear every nothing but- every Disney cruise ship stops there. <laughs> oh, they always do. Okay, that makes sense. Now, is it as good as people say? We had a bad day there, so it started off great in the morning. Um, we got there at eight, got off the boat at nine. I want to say around like noon, 
about noon, it got really cloudy and overcast. But we were just in the adult-only area, too. Yeah. So we did that. Then um, we want me, uh, me and my mom and my sister wound up walking back to the cruise ship just to kind of look in because I've never been there and just kind of see. But, like, it was – they. I mean, they had stuff going on for everybody in the family-only area. They had a – we walked by. They were having a dance party going on. Right. With a DJ, their the house DJ DJing. So you um, went more to you went more the secluded route, kind of like shut it down, relax a little bit, and you know the yeah. fact that it was a kind of crappy weather day that does damper things a little bit. So you probably, if I'm getting this right, not to speak for you, but it sounds like you're saying that it probably could have been awesome, but like you didn't necessarily dive into the full experience of it, maybe. Yeah, well, my obviously I was with my family, so like they've been on multiple ones. So when you go on something, when it's your first time, when it's your other people's first time, you're pretty much doing everything. Uh-huh. I, I can pretty much safely say. But when you're with other people that have been on and done it before, you're not necessarily going to have the same kind of experience. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. Um. So I can definitely because obviously my family's been. I would definitely say I kind of got a more bridged version of. Their private island. True, yeah. They, um, you know, how many times are they going to do it? They've been doing Disney all, you know, all along. So I get it. That makes sense. Exactly. Um, so um, I think the next one I go on, my cousin's coming. My cousin's coming down. Um, so it would kind of be new experience for him, and still pretty new for me. So we'll probably wind up doing some exploring on that end. All right. Um, for sure, to try to get a little better feel for it. But yeah, like I just like I said, it was pretty much I did with adult only stuff. And like they uh they have adult only like they have adult only stuff for everything like trivia, cartoon drawings like I drew Jessica Rabbit. Oh, nice! <laughs> which actually came out pretty pretty good. And they literally go with you line by line. They're like, we're to draw this line, then this line, and you know. So they do have other adult only stuff that happens, trivia, and uh, um, different things like that. You know, if you want to test your knowledge on some uh, you know. 90s, 70s, 80s uh, music trivia. They uh, have that too. <laughs> and I know you know your way around some trivia. Yeah. <laughs> when we were working together, the bar next door to us was called Tin Roof. And, you know, me and a couple of friends were over there doing the trivia. And they had a few questions. And we knew Dan was uh, on the schedule over, you know, next door at work. So we literally were getting our asses kicked, and we're like, "All right, let's let's call in Dan. Let's text Dan to get over here." Dan came in and rescued us. So Dan Dan is uh, pretty uh, well established <laughs> in trivia. All right, so I got one more question, and then I'll let you get out of here. It's a, it's a two parter though. So okay, uh, the first part of the question is, what would you use as in a brief kind of synopsis? Because everybody talks about Disney and the Disney experience, and I don't really know if anybody really puts their finger on it or says what it is as concisely as possible what would you say is the difference that does describe the disney experience best and b are you converted are you sold is it worth the extra money for a disney cruise okay so i'll answer the first second part first okay is it worth the money um a hundred percent so we did a week cruise with a balcony and it was about two grand a person okay um for that that's all in uh, that's all in with um with uh taxes and uh port charges and everything yes now the only thing is i'll say though 
You don't get the drink package. They don't help you out with the drink package, do they? Yeah, the the drink package, when it came to that, they actually have a pretty good program, which works out pretty good. So um, I actually did it. You buy this mug, um, and you get this nice glass Disney Cruise Line mug. It's a 22 or 24-ounce mug, um, and you buy it one time. Then every time you go to refill it, you get, uh, get it for the price of a 16-ounce. Oh, okay. So that's their program, and what it is is – so I took the glass with me off the boat. So the next time I go on a Disney cruise, I can bring the glass back on me and not have to pay for another glass and still get the 16 ounce price. Oh, okay. That's not too bad. Yeah. So, and it's on any, any be any draft beer they have, um, when it comes to that. Um, but price wise, a hundred percent, like for the extra price and the experience that you get, the like the quote-unquote Disney experience, I think it's worth it. Even on their interior rooms, they make you feel like you have a ocean view because they have the port with an uh, the the what do you call it? They like the LED screen. Oh, so, okay, yeah. So they make you feel like you have a port port view. Wow. Um, but what the Disney, I guess the Disney experience, if I could put it, is. Definitely, I would definitely say it's the people, but the experience and like how you can customize certain things. So, the people, I think it was, I think I could say it was pretty much self explanatory what we talked about earlier. The, the, the crew, the crew um, you mean? Yeah, the crew, the staff, every, everybody in general that is on the boat, even like, so my mom and sister wound up shopping in Cozumel and uh, the, the, uh, the port people, you know, with the jewelry. But they, uh, you know, we became really good friends with them and the guys from South Africa. And essentially in two years, no, I think three years, we're going to be going on an African safari as him with him as our guide. Wow. So kind of shows you how like personable. And if you get to know the people, you know, you can get some other cool things out of it. Establish a real bond. Um, Yeah. But, uh, I would say like the extra touches that you can do. So you go on any Disney cruise ship, everyone's got the standard doors and stuff like that. But one thing that sets it apart is you can decorate the inside of the room. You can decorate and customize your door for obviously it's an extra price, but like it was my first cruise. So when I walked in the room, there's all this star Wars stuff in the room that I got to take home with me. So they had, pendants hanging off the ceiling they had a magnet on the bathroom door um there was a pillow a star wars pillow a star wars blanket um then on your door you can like customize it and put your family name and have pictures and you can like and you if you can dream it they can pretty much do it for you so it's like a little extra stuff that you can do that makes sense enhance the experience that you're having you know so it's just, just ultra ultra personal like, yeah so like that was in my room when i walked in you know i got a picture frame that's got like all the star wars characters on it that i can you know put a picture in and uh and just different things like that it's you know super personable crew and like you can, like i said you can personalize it and make it you know however you want it essentially I almost want to not do it. I, I want to do it. The way you describe it makes me want to do it, but it almost makes me not want to do it because 
I want to stay in the whole ignorance is bliss thing because if I yeah. do, if, if I do do it, yeah. I'm gonna be like you know I'm gonna go back on a Norwegian ship and they're gonna be pissed and then I gotta you know I'm not gonna get things on time. They're not gonna be too. But you know, it's just gonna be a different level, and I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm, this Disney experience is over the top. Now I gotta pay twenty two hundred dollars for every cruise, and you know you know. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's uh, I don't know if I'm like fully converted. Like I would say, my mom and sister are uh, quite yet. Um, but I did have a fantastic time on it, and you don't, and, and you got, and you lined up more. You lined up a couple more. Yeah, we got uh, we got one coming up. We're, I'm definitely going on one for Christmas, and then uh, next year got a two week Panama Canal cruise. Holy, booked on the Disney Wonder, so I'll be going on the Wonder, which is one of the smaller ones uh, next year. I think it's hysterical that they go to Cozumel because you're like. It's a small world after all, and Disney and Aladdin and the whole beautiful Mickey Mouse experience. And then you get off the ship, you got people or you know offering you coke and ecstasy and stuff like that. <laughs> oh yeah, now that was uh, that was that was definitely really interesting. Uh, <laughs> and then all the pharmacies and everything are like, "Hey, you want some free coke? Free coke? Free free beer? Come sit!" And like you're like, "What in a pharmacy?" Yeah, you want some coke to take back onto your Disney ship? You want to light yeah. those fireworks up a little bit more? <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of that, too, another thing that they do on the Disney cruises, depending on your length, is um, they do two firework shows. So it's two firework shows, or would it depend on how long the cruise is? Yeah. On the seven-day, on the seven day, there's two. Um, there's one for Pirate Day. Then there was one for Star Wars Day. Um, and uh, I'll post it in a... Um, on Facebook so you can see, but I recorded the entire Star Wars show um, and they go from a Star Wars show right into the fireworks, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I'll post that so you can uh, so you can see that um, whenever you get a chance. <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up now with you, but it, that's another one. There's another one for the books. You know, the, you know, Disney Cruise Line is clearly not as mass market as the big three you know it's not you know there's only what what is it now four ships five ships or something like that um, four ships four ships and they're going to be they're actually getting another three i'll say so it's going to end up being seven ships by the next couple of years but at the yep. same time i could i have never i have still haven't heard it haven't heard somebody come off a disney cruise being like yeah nah, not really worth the money i'm going back to carnival i've never heard that so there's got to be something to said for that and you know your family's been converted and you're kind of like a little on the fence but uh yeah i mean you got to put you got to give another one to the to the them over at disney and it's like you know when a company and when the, i don't even want to call them a company they're just like a, a conglomerate a, a, a almost like a society the way they do things from whatever they do on land to whatever they do on you know the media companies the television and cruising as well they just you know they nail it they nail it don't they yeah they definitely it's, it's it's like you said it's, it's i hate being cliche but it's the disney experience but it's like i feel that's a different like every person can have a different version of what the disney experience is and that's why you cannot nail nail down exactly what it is yeah it's just this uns, unspoken unseen thing that they just they just do really really well um exactly but dan i really appreciate you coming on the show it was good catching up and uh Definitely any time. I would definitely hopefully hopefully we can get you back on when you do some of those other Disney cruises in the future. Oh, for hundred percent. I would uh would love to be back on. Nothing more than uh than talking about cruising versus cruising. Two top two. Obviously cruising's number one, but yeah. you know I could talk to you about cruising all day. If you can't be on a cruise, <laughs> you might as well be talking about it, right? 
Exactly. <laughs> awesome. All right, Dan, thanks. All right, thank you. I like this right here. It's time to get to your listener emails. If you have, I mean, if you have, or can, if you don't mind making up a reason to email the show, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. You know, sometimes they come in hot and heavy, and I'm like, geez, I can't get to everybody's email. And then if I don't remind you sometimes, no offense, I do the same thing. If people don't remind me, I forget. Uh, I don't get a couple emails. And this week, I did have to go in back on the Facebook, and a couple of you guys stepped up. Uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Your emails are a strong part of this show. I do read them. I don't know, maybe I ripped them apart a little bit. Maybe, that, maybe that's why somebody, some people are reluctant, but that's all in good fun. You guys know that. All right, let's get into it. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com for your questions, concerns, comments, corrections, and anything in between. Hey, Tommy, my husband and I have been listening to your podcast for about three months and are now booked on our second cruise ever on Freedom of the Seas. This November from San Juan to St. Kitts, Antigua, St. Lucia, Barbados, and St. Martin in a junior suite. Jeez, how long is this cruise? This is awesome. We are also booked on Allure of the Seas next March to the Western Caribbean so that we can check out a mega ship. Our first cruise was a relaxing trip to Alaska on board the Norwegian Jewel. We are excited to travel the Caribbean for the first time and try try more of a traditional style of cruising. Also, looking to take advantage of the nursery slash adventure ocean for our kids. We will be getting the ultimate beverage package pause for applause for that good for you on both ships and it will be our goal to get a drink from every bar yeah you won't have a problem doing that guys hear the sirens pull over guys pull over (laughs) no kidding that's here on 31st street and 2nd avenue on one of the on one of the ships we would also like to experience a specialty dining venue our favorite cruise tip to share that we have not heard anywhere else we learned on the jewel we used our beverage package to accumulate the flip-top Grolsch beer bottles since they give them to you sealed and stash them in the fridge to enjoy while hanging out in the room. While not our favorite beer, it was nice to have them accessible. We are hoping to use this trick as well on Royal Caribbean. On our Freedom Itinerary, what would you say is a not-to-be-missed excursion? On which of these islands would we find the best snorkeling from the beach? Also, you have piqued our interest in the island of St. Thomas. We are considering taking a ferry there after we disembark in San Juan to extend the vacation a few days. But we have not found a lot of information. Have you heard of anyone doing this? We find you so relatable because my husband is a manager, bartender at a restaurant I lived in on Long Island when I was young and still visit family in Bethpage. Oh, they got the old Bethpage out there. We used to go there as as kids through the uh, class trips, some wacky village. I always wonder about the people that work there. Never did back then, but I wonder now. We would just go to this old Beth page, and it's almost like a colonial Williamsburg thing. They have blacksmiths and stuff like that. Do you think that guy wakes up and actually thinks he's a blacksmith? He wakes up and puts on his uh, boots and you know talks old style to his to his wife. And he's going on to provide the uh, you know the townspeople with all their blacksmithing needs. Needs, but uh, it is interesting. They do sell it to you when you're a kid. Uh, we live in Chicago, but wish we lived near a port so we can cruise more often or at least cheaper. Keep up the good work. We enjoy all of your stories and the way you present information. Michelle and Dan. Michelle and Dan, thank you guys so much for this email. This is a great email. It's a long email because it covers a lot, and I'm going to go through some stuff on it. Let's do it. Why not? We're here, right? You guys don't mind me rambling. Um, so 
The first, the cruise, the cruise on the Freedom is San Juan, St. Kitts, Antigua, St. Lucia, Barbados, and St. Martin. Let's go through these. San Juan, I'm assuming you've never done it before. Walk the street, get Mofongo, if I pronounce that right, get the Tripleta. You know, Mofongo you could find at most restaurants that look clean. Check out the menu. I love the skirt steak version. It's basically just uh, fried plantains mashed together with some spices and stuff like that, some garlic. It's absolutely delicious now the tripleta sandwich is just an over-the-top beast of a sandwich that i'm addicted to as well you also might want to uh barachita barachita um listen to me i don't have an exact something that sounds like barachita in old san juan you walk in and you're inside but then you walk through and you're outside again in what it looks like sort of like an open garden like a beer garden but it is the location for the first ever pina colada i wasn't really intent on going there everybody else that we were with wanted to go there but when we got there of course i ordered the pina colada and it was delicious i mean an over-the-top fresh pineapple fresh everything fresh coconut takes a few minutes to make but it's absolutely worth it it's the location for the where the where the pina colada supposedly was invented Barachita, I believe, or something like that in Old San Juan. I think I've given you enough clues regarding that <laughs> to be able to find the actual place I'm looking for. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to describe. Uh, St. Kitts. St. Kitts, we went we went rogue, just like I do in St. Thomas. We got a tour. We went up, we went up and, you know, the guy has rum punch, and uh, <clears throat> he's got it in the back, but I also knew that the rum punch would be kind of like not at our, our level for the rum punch that we'd want. So we went to the liquor store right before we got on the open-air safari. That's the key. It's got to be an open-air safari to really get the experience and feel like you're in with the whole kind of like topography and stuff like that. And you drive around, and, you know, we got a little flask-sized bottles of Captain Morgan. So when they'd give us the rum punch, we'd be able to spike it and make a real rum punch out of it. So everybody's happy. So we just did that. We drove around the entire city of uh not city i'm sorry the island of st kitts and uh we just got a little tour and it was uh, probably our favorite day of the cruise not unlike what i did in st thomas it's not as cool as doing it in st thomas but nevertheless we did try to recreate that experience and were moderately successful had a great day ended up at a beach did some jet skiing and then that was it we were blacked out for that one uh antigua never been to that's again you, you got three. I didn't never saw somebody named three Caribbean ports that I've never been to. Antigua, never been there. St. Lucia. Now, St. Lucia, I'm going to give you advice on what I heard. I heard it is the most, some of the most beautiful, majestic, gorgeous piece of land in the world. But be careful. It's it's it can be dangerous, uh, like any of these ports can be dangerous. But I heard uh, specific things about Saint Lucia, uh, especially if you're female. Uh, that I may kind of just keep your head on a swivel for. Maybe that's where you do a, a cruise line sanctioned excursion. Barbados never been to. Weirdly, that's crazy, man. Those are three smaller ones that the Antigua, Saint Lucia, Barbados, and I'd have to say maybe Bermuda. Are the only ones I've never done, I think. I don't, I've done over 25 of them, I think, if I counted them. I'm not sure. Uh, St. Martin is as well. St. Martin, if you haven't done Maho Beach, I would do that. Maho Beach is also known as Airport Beach. It's the location where the planes land. And I'd get there early because I think 
the larger planes, they don't they don't do that big huge one anymore, which was sucks because that was really cool. But at least the seven thirty sevens here and there go in still, and I think it's more towards the early part of the day. But spend the day in uh in in Maho Beach slash the Sunset Bar and Grill. It's a really really nice day, and you could also uh also do that as well as a tour. I always recommend doing a tour of Saint Martin. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to check that because every time I always used to do a tour in St. Martin, it was very, very beautiful because the tour guides and whoever, even a simple taxi cab, they had such a glowing pride about their island that it was such a pleasure to listen to. And they were great storytellers, great tour guides, and it was very, very enjoyable. We did it this last time. And, uh, you know, not to sound coarse or whatever, but like it, it was just a disaster tour because of the wake of the hurricanes. You know, it was very interesting to see, and I was kind of like, you know, glued to the window, checking everything out in the beginning, but then it kind of got depressing, you know? I don't know. I I don't mean to feel, like, insensitive, but what am I going to do about it? Can I do anything about this right now? No, but then I was interested to see a a few of them. You know, Megan's, uh, not Megan's Bay, I'm sorry, Orient Beach, uh, that, that was a gorgeous beach. It still is a gorgeous beach naturally, but it used to be a bustling beach with all kind of like shops and uh, grills and bars and this and that. Went back recently and it was nothing. It was one bar and grill and it's a nude beach. So like I said, you know, it used to be where there'd be a ton of tourists, you know, hundreds and hundreds of tourists enjoying the beach and kind of relaxing and hanging out. And since nudity is legal, there would be some nude people there, but you're like, oh, there's one. Oh, there's one. You know, now the beach is kind of like crappy, not crappy, but like not a shell of it, what it once was, but the nudists still come out. So they stand out more. And we're not talking about, you know, New York City Fashion Week nudists. We're talking about, you know, let's just say other side of 55, 60 year olds and, you know, nudists because of, you know, we're just, this is how we live. We're not necessarily trying to walk the runway or be fashionable or, you know, be overly attractive. So take take that for what you want. Uh, I would I would say maybe skip Megan's Bay. You may want to roll the dice on a tour still. It's enjoyable, you know, <clears throat> make sure that uh, maybe you could tell them. They're very, very flexible. Tell them, I want to see nice things. We want to stay in a good mood. We want to have some drinks, but definitely check out the Maho Beach. And then also, Around it out, I would say maybe one of these three things, or maybe all of the all of these three things, or maybe a combination, two of these three things. Maho Beach slash sunsets, an island tour. Up oh. license and registration, please. Pull over, sir. Uh what I say. Maho Beach to Maho Beach with Sunset Bar and Grill. Island tour. And then ended out at uh Great Bay Beach slash walk downtown. You have three things you could do in the Great Bay Beach area. You can walk the shops that are right there. You can dine on a lot of the uh, you know the uh, bars and restaurants that they have right there. You can hang out on the beach and, and and chill there. And they have water sports there. So I would say that the island tour, anything you can get off the ship, do that. Uh, <clears throat> Maho Beach slash Sunset Bar. Or Great Bay Beach. Hope I helped you out with that. Moving on for the rest of your email. Alaska, I can't speak about that at all. Just know I've heard great things about it. It sounds like you know you, you did it. So you'd be, know more than me about it anyway. The ultimate beverage package and the tip you have. I was thinking about this tip. And uh, I, I'm going to respectfully 
disagree with your tip because a first first and foremost i'm not drinking grosh and i'm not you know i'm not a snob or anything i can't drink the grosh whatever it is i just just can't do it but i get it so the flip top i don't know if royal caribbean does have grosh but i see what you're saying and i see why you're saying it now for me the bigger reason as to why i wouldn't really go this route for me personally you're sharing your story i'm sharing mine it's not a problem getting booze onto a ship. You can get liquor onto a ship, and it, you don't have to drink Grolsch. You could do vodka. You could do whatever you want. There's tons of ways. Just check in a YouTube video on how to get booze onto a cruise ship, and you can do it. I even got caught doing it last time, and uh, you know they let me go anyway. Now, I, that, I, I've never heard of that happening. I've never seen that happen in my life. I've never heard a story about that happening, but uh, it did happen to me. So, I mean, I think if you want to hustle, you could definitely get booze onto the cruise ship. Uh, the reason I don't is because, A, yeah, now it is an ethical thing. I try not to do it. I did do it last time on the ship, and I wasn't necessarily proud of it, but I caught myself in a situation, and that's what I kind of had to do. But, yeah, the ethical part of it, I don't necessarily be in, you know, as I come up in the game in the cruise industry, I don't necessarily want to be doing things that are underhanded or, you know, uh non-integrity things that I don't want I don't want to do that as much yeah I know me sneaking a bottle of Grey Goose onto a cruise ship is not going to affect their bottom line but still uh, I know it and I, I just rather not do it but more importantly than that I don't want to sit in my room you know what I mean I could we you couldn't have as much booze as you want in your room just by bringing it on the ship but the reason I didn't do it anymore was because of the fact and you believe these windows are closed the windows are shut completely because I got the AC unit in now too. We're good. But this is this is what you get. Uh, I just didn't. I, I felt no value. We did sneak booze onto the cruise one time, and we barely even touched it. We went out and bought our own drinks because we just wanted to be out there. I didn't want to have to run back to the room, and I just didn't spend enough time in the room drinking. I told you guys in general. Uh, I, I've you know since you know since the Irish exit, since I left there, and that's probably what two and a half months ago at this point, I've probably been drunk three times. I just, you know, three times total. I'm a social drinker. I don't I don't come home. I don't open the fridge and pull out a beer. I don't go out for one or two and watch the game I don't with, with wings. I don't do that. When I drink, I'm drinking because we're in, we're in the zone. We're partying. We're having fun. And I'm going to get to where I got to go. But I'm not really... The, and I'm sure you're not either. I'm sure you're not saying, well, I'm sitting around the room hanging out, wasting time and just, you know, do, doing all that stuff. I'm sure what you're saying is, you know, it's nice right before dinner, have a couple. When you get home, have a couple. I get that. But it really wasn't as much worth it to me to bring the booze on the, on the ship. But I do know what you're saying. If you can stand the taste of Grolsch, if they have it on Royal Caribbean, and you know what? You want to have a couple of beers before or after dinner or, you know, get you started a little bit. Makes perfect sense. On Freedom Itinerary, all right, so you said, uh, on, on our Freedom Itinerary, what would not be a missed excursion? Uh, on the, of these islands, what would be the best snorkeling on the beach? The best snorkeling I've seen, again, we already talked, I've not been on three to three of them, and then the other two I have, not necessarily hugely known for their snorkeling. San Juan, I don't think is, and I don't think St. Martin is either. The, the snorkeling ones are like Grand Turk, a lot of the Bahamas, I think... I think that's what what I uh, Cozumel, Mexico. Those are the better for snorkeling and diving. Even St. Thomas has a. I actually no, I'm taking that back. St. Thomas was terrible, but uh, I don't know maybe there was a different reef that I didn't go to. 
So I don't really, I'm not able to help you out so much on snorkeling. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. They're going to the islands that I mentioned, uh, and they they would they're looking for a, a snorkeling excursion. Let me go back where you're going again. <clears throat> uh, Saint Kitts, Antigua, Saint Lucia, Barbados, and Saint Martin. And uh, you know what? Post it up in the Always Be Booked cruisers lounge on facebook let us know what are the better snorkeling excursions in that area and let's see if we can give michelle and dan some help there moving on uh also you have piqued our interest on the island of saint thomas we are considering taking a ferry there after we disembark in san juan to extend the vacation a few days but we have not found we have not found a lot of information have you heard of anyone doing this uh michelle and or dan this is um Yes, you are very, very correct in being uh, having your interest in St. Thomas peaked because it is the best. It's my favorite island, period. It's just you know, the whole thing. I just love it. Uh, I haven't been back since the last hurricane, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping you know it, it is as good as I know. There's no more senior frogs, and a lot of the businesses in that area are done. But hopefully, the island is coming back and will return to you know. What it, what it what it what it was and what it can be. Um, here's the yes, I have actually looked into this. Weirdly enough, I don't think you could do it. I think you can do it, but you can't do it the way you think you're doing it. I I went online and looked because way back in the day, I wanted to move to St. Thomas, and I was seriously considering this. But I'm like, how do I get back? Because I'm not a plane guy. I don't like to fly, so I was going to take a cruise there and just stay and maybe document and film the whole thing, but. That's that's where my head was at, but then I was like, all right, well, eventually you're gonna want to come home. So how are you gonna do that? No problem. You could take a ferry to San Juan and then take a cruise back from San Juan because at that time, uh, Carnival was running cruises from San Juan to New York all the time. So uh, when I looked into it, I saw a website that did advertise this. You know, only one. That's all I found was one website that advertised. Uh, semi-regular ferry service from San Juan to St. Thomas. And then uh, I called. And apparently it was an outdated website because they were like, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, we're the, oh, that website, yeah, somebody else called about that too. Yeah, no, that we don't do that anymore. And then I was like, really? She's like, when are you looking to do it? And then she goes, she goes, you're looking to do it this, this, this month? I'm like, no, 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 no. She's like, hold on, hold on. Jimmy. She called back to somebody and asked them, I got a guy on the phone. He's thinking about uh, ferrying it over to uh, San Juan. Uh, Are you going this week? Can you take him? So apparently there was some sort of a way that I maybe could have done it. But it would have been sounding like it would have been just a a handshake deal and just a private payment to somebody. You know, I don't know. If you can, let me know because I'm kind of interested in that too. I haven't looked in a while. But... I, I'm i still interested in it. I would love to know if you looked it up, but I actually did do research on that. And at the time, and I'm talking probably about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I did this and there was nothing sanctioned, nothing official that you can get back and forth. Having said that, if you look deep into it, you can probably find it. And I saw this thing the other day. Did you guys know this was a thing? Traveling via container ship? Container ship. They, they have a whole, it's not clearly not a cruise, but it's a container ship and they clearly have a little bit of a, I guess, a, 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 a lifestyle on board those ships. You know, you have amenities, certain amenities for the crew. There's a chef on board. There is, you know, sleeping quarters and stuff like that. And some people 
want to travel the world and they do it via shipping container. There's a lot of legwork that goes into it, research that goes into it, and you know, physicals and stuff like that, and a whole process to it. And uh, I heard it's not so expensive, but you can get around the world if you want to. If you want to look at the cruise ship and the vessel itself, simply as a means for transportation, you can travel around on a freaking container ship. But getting back to what you're saying, I think this varies. Here's another thing you want to keep in mind. They said that this is a very rough trip too. And I'm like, well, how could it be rough? It's always so nice down there. It's it's only less than 40 miles away. It's it's a beautiful run. It's always... A... But have you ever tendered from your cruise ship to Great Stirrup K? You could be chilling on your cruise ship. I mean, not feeling a thing. Gliding into port at Great Stirrup K. And then you go to get on that tender ship, which is a big boat. It's a big boat. It's, you know, size of probably bigger than most pleasure crafts you'll end up, end up being on. And this thing is tossed around like a rag doll in the same damn water. So I don't know. That's something you might want to keep in mind too. Check it out. Look into it. I actually will too as well. If anybody else, again, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com or weigh in on the Always Be Booked Cruises Lounge on Facebook and uh, let us know. Let Michelle and Dan know if they have any options or of getting. I think your best bet, if you're not a weirdo afraid of flying like me, uh, you take a seaplane. Seaplane right over and uh, it's no problem. It's a little, you know, a little dicey, a little shaky. It's like a glorified helicopter. You feel a lot of things, but you'd probably be over there in no time. And that's pretty much it for Michelle and Dan. I do appreciate the comments, uh, the positive comments at the end. Very, very much appreciated. Dear Tommy, love the show. As I am a newly minted cruise fanatic, I was once skeptical of cruises as a lame and confining thing, but was convinced to go on with my close friend last year. Let's just say I've been hooked ever since. And due to the always be booked philosophy, I'm currently booked on several cruises through 2020. Welcome aboard. Uh, in my new found fever for cruising i found different groups and resources to learn more about it here's the current nugget i'm wondering about there is a hilarious ongoing joke in one cruise community that that pineapples specifically upside down pineapples are worn on are worn or used on door decorations on cruises to indicate that the person or couples is open to the swinging lifestyle do you know anything about this deliciously intriguing rumor? I am not a quote-unquote hobbyist myself, but I am now eager to look fellow look for fellow cruisers wearing pineapple-printed clothes and letting my mind wander. Please advise. Love the show. DJ. <laughs> DJ, that is a great, great email. Um, I know nothing about this. I am not a hobbyist either. <laughs> I'll fully tell you that. Uh pineapples specifically upside down pineapples i know a couple of people out there and uh you know let's just we can call one of them out you know uh mike from uh the swingers cruise (laughs) he's a listener to the show mike do you know anything about this pineapple thing Uh, upside down pineapples or regular or right side up pineapples either put on the door or worn so that people can communicate about the swinging lifestyle with each other I'm wondering if that's a thing or not. If that's a th- I'm I'm with you, DJ. I don't I don't I don't roll like that at all. But that's funny funny shit. Like I I want to I want to find those people. I want to see those people, and I want to like you know 
know that oh that person that that's a freak right there. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Um, <clears throat> but congratulations on being booked for several cruises through 2020, and I hope you enjoy all those. And DJ, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And uh, again, well, all what I say to everybody, you know, you join you join the family, you join the uh, join the Facebook message group. I'm in the Facebook group. And uh, tell your friends, tell your friends that there's a nice little cruising community over here, even if it's travel. I know a lot of people, not a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, just made that up. A couple of people don't even cruise and they listen to the show and they uh, are in the group and they just kind of get a kick out of the whole interaction and are fascinated. Same with me. I freaking, you know, I don't do MMA, but I listen to uh, The Fighter and the Kid. I don't, you know, a lot of things I'm a fan of, but I don't do it. But stand-up comedy, that's another thing. I, I, I'm like a freaking stand-up comedy fanboy. I like no nuances and terminology of stand-up comedy that I have no business knowing because I'm not a stand-up comic, but I just am I'm a fan of the culture, and I have some friends that do it, so I get into it. So uh, same thing with, with, with cruising. But DJ, let the friends know, and, and, and I will advise. I'm going to look out for the Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let me know about the pineapple uh, controversy or whatever it is. Um, moving on, Tommy. Any pointers or comments on Bermuda sailings in the summer from Boston or New York City? All the pools are heated. Uh, are the pools heated for at least the first day leaving the Northeast? For those that have done it, do you tend to eat just breakfast and dinner on the ship and then lunch out? How much do you spend on the island during the time there, Ken? Okay, I'm going to repeat that because I. Do not know anything about Bermuda. Uh, summertime from Boston to New York City, I would say it wouldn't really matter if the pools are heated or not because the weather's warm. Uh, for those that have done it, do you tend to eat just breakfast and dinner on the ship or lunch out? I mean, a lot of people live in Bermuda, so I'm sure that's com- going to be completely your choice. If you want to experience some local cuisine, I am positive that there are tons of options for you to do that. If you're not necessarily a foodie and you want to save money and maybe spend it on other things, eat on the ship. That's really all I would say with that. And then uh, how much do you spend on the island during the time there? I guess that would also be up to you as well. But I guess maybe that could be something. All these questions, I don't feel like I need to have been to Bermuda to be able to answer them. (laughs) But, you know, there's a lot more questions about Bermuda. Like, uh, you know, what are some of the things you could do there? What are the... What are the can't misses for Bermuda? But do you spend money on the island? I'm sure that's the same answer as, you know, if you if you would your budget. Do you really want to, you know, go home with a lot of Bermuda memorabilia? Do you want to have a really cool food experience? Um, but I guess what you're saying, and it's legitimate, is, you know, what is what's the pricing like? How much is do I if I if I go to sit down and eat, you know, a couple of tacos in Cozumel, I know I'm not spending a lot of money. But if I want to sit down and have a awesome culinary experience in Aruba, I'm going to have to come out of pocket a little bit. What's that like? Is it Bermuda? Is it the same? Is it what? What is it? Somewhere in between? What is it? So if anybody could help Ken out, that is from Ken, uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com or post it in the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. Let us know. Moving on. Just found your podcast a week ago and love it. And to prove that, there is a heart emoji right after the exclamation point when she writes, I love it. I'm near Buffalo, New York, and wondered about driving to the Manhattan port and parking. I've seen TripAdvisor reports of hotels letting you stay before the cruise and then leaving your car there while you cruise. The reports are really old. Do you know of anything like this, or should I just pay the $40 a day to park at the port? Keep up the good work. Love having you ride along with me while I deliver 
mail. Dawn, it's a pleasure to sit around uh, and ride shotgun with you while you're delivering mail. I hope I'm not annoying. I hope I'm not too loud. Um, I'm not wearing my seatbelt. I refuse to wear my seatbelt, and that's just going to be the way it's going to be because that's just how I roll. That's why I get into moped accidents in Nassau because I'm just like I'm a maverick type of guy. Um, What else? Uh, All right, so your question, the parking. I don't know. I walk I walk to the port to take a cab from where I live uh, in New York. It sounds to me, I would probably just pay the 40 bucks. It's New York. You know what I mean? Parking in New York is wacky. First of all, there's no hotels with parking in New York, really. I mean, probably maybe there's one or a couple. I don't know. But really what it is is these parking garages that partner up with the hotels probably – and who the hell knows what the hell is going to go on in those things? I mean, New York is just the, the space is at such a premium. Parking garages are like, you know, some of them are, you know, they're cramped. They're tight. And they got to move your car in and out to, you know, take care of other cars that are coming and going. And I would say just to be safe in other cities, I would absolutely go this route. In Orlando, for example, you know what I mean? Just, just miles and miles of open space and parking lots. You could park your car anywhere and you don't even have to pay. You could park it in some restaurant that closed down two months ago that has a gorgeous full parking lot that there's other 20 other cars there that kind of do the same thing. In New York City, space is at such a premium. I don't even know if it's... First of all, you're going to pay. I could guarantee that. No no hotel is going to let you do it for free. You're going you're to pay less. Maybe I shouldn't say I, don't, I know that. I don't know that information. But free parking for a week in New York, do you know what that's worth? That's that's a huge amount of money. And if if somebody told me that they could do it for me for free and give that to me for free, I would at the very least be very, very skeptical. Here again, we're pulling over. Getting closer. Uh, everything's all right. False alarm. Jeez. Uh, so I would I would go with the forty bucks. Just put that in your budget. Maybe you got to cut a cut a little different. Cut a little in a different area, but uh, don't mess around and listen to some guy who's going to tell you he's going to give you free parking for a week in a Manhattan parking garage somewhere. If that's even true, if you do try that, I would definitely check your car for dings and dents before and after, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for the show this week. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. And I want to thank you guys so much for, like I said, answering the poll, participating, all your participation. And I want to thank also those of you who don't participate at all, who I've never heard from, who are just out there listening. Appreciate you so much. We're having a great time, man. We did some rambling this week. Uh, I'm, I'm looking to keep it tighter. And uh, I'm, I'm going to try to keep it just as condensed with information and fun stuff as much as possible i'm going to continue to listen to you guys you know the good the bad the indifferent comments that you guys bring to the table like i said while trying to continue to be myself uh as usual tommy at alwaysbebooked.com with your emails join the facebook group always be booked cruisers lounge on facebook as well as uh if you don't mind going to itunes rate and review but the most important and best way you can help the show is by telling a friend that, you know what, if you like to travel, if you like podcasts, if you like uh, cruising in general, check out the Always Be Booked podcast. Share it with them. If you're listening to it on iTunes, they have that little button where, you know, it's got a box with an arrow that goes up. You can hit that and you could forward it to your friends. That would be a big help, guys. I would appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening. If you guys need any cruising help or, 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 or travel help in any way whatsoever, 
Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I can give you some good quotes. If you guys don't know, if I have one thing, I have a lot of passion for this shit. So I absolutely would bust my ass to make sure that you had the ultimate vacation period. And uh, that's the Always Be Booked Travel Agency. Again, enough of this rambling. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you next time. There's a place where the boat is from. It takes away I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot, and I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from, Jimmy Good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it Where we are going Get away To where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You can worry You can drop them In the blue ocean But you gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. So get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Oh